Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 212 of The Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? End of the weekend, unfortunately. Beginning of the work week depending on when you're listening to this, on your commute to work, sitting in your car, riding the riding the subway in, biking in, or you're sitting in your cubicle eating your cheese sandwich trying to avoid uh, Rhonda, who wants to talk about the what's wrong with her cat. <laughs> well, I got the cure for you here for a couple hours anyway. Actually got a really fun guest today. Young kid, uh, up and comer, and uh, yeah, uh, Cade McNally. See, you know what? I, I felt so bad. I've been saying like McNeely this whole time, or McNally, like the bookstore. It was funny because I, I would watch his fights, and even like some of the commentators would like, they're all saying the name different. So I'm like, well, I knew I went to school with a guy named McNeely. So that's, that's what I called him. And then 
my good friend Chris pointed out, well, if you're going to interview him, get his goddamn name right. I'm like, okay. And it's like the rapper, Nelly, McNelly. I'm like, no, it's Neely. He's like, Nelly. I'm like, no, it's two E's. He goes, it's one E. And I'm like, I went and looked at, like, this whole time? I'm like, oh, how many times have I said his name wrong? That's embarrassing. Unless I'm trying to go for, like, the John Jerry thing over here. But it's like, well, I don't want to say his name wrong, though. Other guys, I don't care. But, <laughs> so I apologize to Kate. I think I do it right at the start of the interview. Um, but, yes, uh, an up-and-coming youngster. Um, played uh, a couple of years in the Western Hockey League with the Seattle Thunderbirds. And then uh, finished off his junior career with the Vernon Vipers. Uh, he was in L.A. Kings camp. Uh, played a couple preseason games, had a fight with Andrew Ladd. Uh, yeah, and it was uh, and it was interesting because uh, he's the youngest guy I've ever interviewed for the show. Most of the guys that I interview, of course, are retired, not starting their careers, but like their careers are over for a few years and they're retired. Um, so it was interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, he is de- he is definitely the youngest guy that I've interviewed. Uh, before that was Dakota Odgers, and even he had finished junior in college. You know, and it was in his mid-twenties. So, uh, yeah, to interview a 20-year-old, it was kind of weird. I'm like, yeah, I'm old enough to be your dad. That's kind of odd to be interviewing someone like that. <laughs> but I think I'm the same age as his dad. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of weird. But, uh, no, I had met Cade uh, at Ice Wars uh, this last weekend. And uh, we had talked, obviously, before on online and, you know, privately and stuff. And, uh yeah, so to meet him face to face was was fun, and uh, no, we're just sitting there, and I'm like, dude, I got to get you on the show, and he's like, yeah, for sure, like you know, let's do it, right? So I was like, you know, as soon as I got home, I was like, yeah, okay, we'll get you on next week, and here we are. So no, it was great. We sat down. Um, I haven't put the interview together yet. I'm just doing the intro separately, but I think I think it's two hours that we talked, but uh, no, it was fun, and you know what? A refreshing perspective, and I have to, uh, I will say. Um, you know, I sit here every week and yell and scream about the ne- this generation of hockey player and they're soft and whatever and all that. Um, I will say, Cade was a, it was a breath of fresh air talking to him. Uh, he's definitely got the old school spirit. Uh, I, I, I think I told him in the interview I, you were born about two decades too late, but uh, you know he's still trying to. You know, he's he wants to play the physical role. He enjoys the fighting. I really enjoy his approach to fighting in terms of. Uh, well, if you, I'll tell you folks, listen right now, go, um, if you go, of course, one again with this new generation, all their fights are online. So definitely go check out his, his, uh, his, uh, his junior fights and his, uh, unfortunately his preseason fight with Ladd isn't out there, but his rookie camp fight with, uh, Mason Primo is. <laughs> go watch that one. That, that was a little heat, that one. Um, but yeah, go, go down the, uh, go down the, the, McNally Rob the uh, uh, rabbit hole. You'll be pleasantly surprised, and um, yeah, and I know he wants to uh, you know go pro here this this year, uh, this coming season, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And uh, like I was telling him, man, if you end up in the East Coast League, there, there's there's some dudes waiting, and uh, that could be interesting. And and Cade's another one that's coming, um, you know. So there there's still a few around, and. Uh, I have to say, you know, like I said, I sit here and yell and scream all, all, every week that there isn't, but there's a couple, and Cade's one of them. And uh, I really like his approach, like I said, not only physically how he fights, but 
but the mental approach to the game and uh, he ain't down with the bullshit. Like it is, it's, it's business and we, we're not friends and uh, we're fighting and uh, you know, I can respect that. I dig that. So no, Kate was a lot of fun to sit down with and uh, you know, we'll get into it here, but uh, you know, I got to talk about, you know, we got to pay the bills here too. Um, as I said, I'm a member of the hockey podcast network. There's over 50 shows in the network. Uh, whatever team, all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Uh, like I said, they're slowly dropping off here. So, um, you know, some of the shows are kind of retired for the season. Others are still going. Um, you know, I'm sure some are going for the draft and whatever, but, uh, yeah, what, again, whatever team you're a fan of, check it out. And of course, for my off network friends, wow, I got Olin Salem. I open up Facebook. What's the first thing I see? Oh, Olin Salem. Yeah. Spread, pin up, spread up like, uh, uh, you know, pin up, uh, spread sitting on the boat, drinking his bush light, you know, like, I'm like, what am I looking at here? The peak of manliness, you know, oh God. Yeah. It's got to come with a warning or something, but yeah, five for fighting podcast. Check it out. Um, he has a tremendous back catalog, Sigroy, Yablonski, Rob Ray, Frank Bylois, uh, tremendous. Um, while he's out gallivanting around Florida and everything else. So, uh, you know, who knows when he's going to come out with an episode, but here, there, and everywhere. I know he's got something planned, though. It should be coming out this week, um, but definitely give it a listen. Also, if you're on YouTube, Five for Fighting on YouTube, um, it is a basically an East Coast League channel, really, and he uploaded all of this year's East Coast League stuff. And as I was saying, there's some guys in that league, man. Neubauer, Howe, Nico Blockman, um, uh, Anthony Collins, Matthew Gagnon, some dudes that'll still, yeah, clots, they'll still throw down, you know, and, uh, definitely give, give his channel a, a subscribe to it and, and give it a look. I think you'll really enjoy it. Then, of course, we got, uh, Kevin Lazito, uh, Jolton Joe Lazito out there in Long Island. Uh, it is a New York Islander based podcast, the Coliseum Chronicles. Um, yeah, and you know what? I think Joe's, Joe's, um, basically at a crossroads with the podcast. He's, you know, 100 episodes in and tremendous back catalog. Fakoda, Matt Karkner, uh, Trevor Gillies, um, on and on. And, um, you know, facing the battle that we all sort of face with interview shows is just uh, getting guys. And, of course, with Joe's show, um, they have to have Islander ties. So that really kind of handcuffs you on who your guests can be. So, and I know Joe with work there at the old Carnegie Hall, uh, he's a busy dude. And, uh you know, when you got a family and a couple kids and you work in Carnegie Hall and you got the big commute and stuff, um, yeah, finding time to do a podcast, uh, is challenging. And especially a show like Joe's where it's really, he- it's interview, heavy interviews and, and, and deep interviews. And a lot of research goes into it and it's hard to find the time. And then now you're, and not only is your time limited, but now you gotta get a guest and try to coordinate. And it's just been real, it's been a real battle. Uh, for Joe lately, and I know he is, uh, um, you know, at a crossroads at what he wants to do, whether to continue the show or periodically or what have you. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But uh, like I told him, regardless of what he chooses, uh, he's put out a hell of a product over the last couple of years and uh, something to be really proud of. And uh, like I said, all those interviews of the guys I just mentioned and more, I said, are out there on the Internet forever for people to listen to and it's their stories. And, uh, and I don't, I can't think of anybody better to, uh, to host those and to, uh, and to get those stories out of those guys than Joe. So he's done a great job over the years. And, uh, 
you know, selfishly, I hope he doesn't quit, but, uh, uh, at the same time, I completely understand. And when it's timing time and, um, and your passion and it's, uh, you know, as fun as this can be, it can be on the uh, polar opposite. It can be extremely frustrating and you do start to be like, what am I doing this for? And, uh, yeah, so I completely, I completely understand where Joe's coming from, but, uh, I said, well, I said, if Joe retires the podcast and that's it, I said, well, I'll have to, I'll get him on periodically just to, uh, let him yell and rant and rave about his Islanders. So, <laughs> you know, I'll give him the platform. Why not? Right. We'll get a couple of old bastards on here yelling about stuff that, uh, you know, nobody cares about. <laughs> I said, do I have a platform for you? But, uh, there you Coliseum Chronicles, Joe Lazito, Gary Lazito. All right, guys. Well, like I said, I won't talk too long because uh, you know, Kate and I go quite, quite, quite a long time. I, I though, guys, I'm telling you, everybody listen. I really encourage you uh, <clears throat> get onto YouTube Hockey Fight. Ah, don't support HockeyFights.com. Yeah. But uh, but no, uh, look up Cade uh, McNally, uh, M C N E L L Y. Uh, big kid, uh, like I said, Seattle, and then Vernon. And then the LA Kings last year and the free agent uh, pickup. So <clears throat> definitely uh, go down that rabbit hole. Check it out. Kid can throw, man. He can bang, I'm telling you. And uh, yeah, definitely give it give it a look. See it and listen to this. And I think, like I said, uh, us uh, jaded old timers, I think you'll uh, y- you'll enjoy the uh, perspective that Kate has on fighting. And uh, like I said, you know, good kid, respectful, and uh, I really enjoyed talking to him, not only in person, but as well on this show. So, um, guys, if you happen to be on social media, I don't know why you do that to yourselves, but if you want to put yourself through that, uh, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook, give me a follow. I'm always putting up pictures and videos and uh, getting into general whatnot on the social medias. Also, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Uh Subscribe to the channel. Having a bit of channel issues with you. I'm battling YouTube here a little bit. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen to the channel. Um, well, it's going to be around, but they're fighting with me over some videos that I have up with copyrights and stuff. So I had to take, I had to erase about 300 videos, which was really annoying to me. A lot of NHL stuff. Well, it was all NHL stuff that I had to take down. Some WHL stuff that had music in it, but, uh, yeah, so I, I had to take down about 350 videos the other night. So, Hopefully that is enough to keep them off their, off my back because I'd hate to lose the channel because there's over still over 2,500 fight videos on the channel. Um, so we'll see going forward here what's happening. YouTube's being bitchy lately. I don't know what their deal is. But all the fights that I have are sorted on leagues. I have OHL, NHL, w, well, not much NHL left, but WHL, OHL, IHL, AHL, MOUSC, it's all there. All sorted, just type it into the little search engine, boom, it'll come up. Subscribe to the channel. Whatever platform you listen to this, iTunes, Spotify, what have you, could you rate and review my show? It helps me out in the searches. Um, it's just the little things, folks, you as uh, listeners, subscribers, all you have to do is click one thing, boom. And you're helping me out huge, and all you had to do was click something. So that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little thing, but it helps me out greatly. And Alec and Joe, if you could do that, review the shows, it's, uh, it's much appreciated. Um, and download my episodes. I get paid by the download. I need your guys' help with that. Don't stream it. Streaming doesn't help me. I need you to download. I'd, I'd very much appreciate it. Um, 
And again, if you're here for Cade and you're a fan of Cade's and you want to hear his story, welcome. If this is the first time listening to the show, thank you for tuning in. I know there's a million podcasts out there. Everyone and their dog has one these days. Uh, the fact that you chose to listen to this one, I greatly appreciate that you did. Um, again, episode 212, please go back and check out my back catalog. Uh, some tremendous interviews, Morasti, Steve McIntyre, um, Joey Tedarenko, you know, on and on, uh, you know, Steve Parsons, John, or I already said John Morasti. Look at him giving, well, he's on Shorzy. I'm giving him two billings here. He's a big deal. Uh, Terry Ryan, all those guys are on there. Check out my back catalog. You'll, you'll dig it. And, uh, all right, guys, I'll shut up and get out of here. Let's get on with Cade. And, uh, thank you guys again. And, uh, hey, we do this twice a week, Wednesdays and Sundays. So I'll talk to you guys midweek here. All right, folks. Thanks. All right. Here we are in the fourth line voice, a special guest. Uh, I met, met this gentleman out in Edmonton. We, uh, we attended Ice Wars and had a good time and had a, uh, hung out beforehand, but uh, I've been waiting to get him, uh, get him on the show here for a while. But, uh, Cade McNeely, McNally, how do I say it? Uh, I was just telling him I've been, I've been screwing up his last name for like a year now and I felt so bad. I gotta apologize, man. I'm sorry for saying your name wrong all this time. McNally. Yeah, no, it's okay. A lot of people, yeah. McNally. There we go. A lot of people uh, pronounced it McNeely, so but it's all good. Well, well, thank you for joining the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, for having me on. I've been looking forward to this, so I, I think it should be good. Oh, absolutely. And uh, well, like I said, with the with the, I was talking to you how we kind of how we'll do things here. But uh, for those uh, just tuning in for the first time, what I like to do is. Uh, when I have a player on, of course, we just basically timeline your career. Uh, we'll go through the different years there in Seattle and in Vernon here and talk about L.A. camp and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, we've got to start at the beginning. Uh, where'd you grow up and uh, where'd you play your minor hockey? Yeah, so actually, I was uh, I was originally born in uh, St. Albert, so I was born there. And then when I was about, I only lived there for about a couple of years, and I moved to Fort Saskatchewan. Lived there for a bit, and then uh, moved up north to a small town called Westlock, which is about an hour from Edmonton. So I uh, I ended up playing my minor hockey there. I grew up, so I started playing hockey probably around like five or six. Um, started out playing hockey there, obviously. Initiation um, went up to. Uh, so when Pee Wee, actually when Pee Wee came, my first year, my first year at Pee Wee, there was hitting. So my second year at him, I was super excited because I knew there was hitting. And then after my second year of Pee Wee, or my, my, sorry, after my first year of Pee Wee, they took hitting out the next year at Pee Wee. That was the year they took it out of all Pee Wee, I guess, everywhere. Yep. So then what I ended up doing, I was super devastated. So me and my dad both agreed that I could go up to Bantam as an underage and play as an underage because there was hitting. So there was a bat, there was a Bantam A, Bantam A, or Bantam A and Bantam B team. So I tried out or whatever, and I actually didn't make the the Bantam A team. So I ended up on the B team. Well, actually, it was worse than B because it was like tier. It was like tier five. It went by tiers. So I don't know if it's like that now, but back in tiers. So it was technically like band of D and so I, yeah, that's, I, that's where I ended up. And 
because I don't have to play hitting, obviously, right? So I ended up playing that year. It was definitely, it was definitely an interesting year. There was some. It was really. I remember it was really rough. Like there was guys. There were guys I would like try and take your head off. So you always had to keep your. You always had to keep your head up and stuff. So I think that's. That's where. Uh, that's where I kind of like. I always kind of say that's kind of where the the toughness started. But I did play. I did play lacrosse before too, and that was the first. After I went to the Bantam, I quit lacrosse just to pursue hockey. But yeah, so that, that year in Bantam was really it was an interesting year. There was some there was some very there were some very interesting and, and wild games. I I remember one time, I think we were in. Do you know where Wobbeman is? No. Wobbeman's just it's just east of uh, or sorry west of Edmonton, I believe. Okay. And we were playing a game there and so actually that rink is like when you flood they flood it with because there's a big lake right so they they flood it from the lake water so there's like dips and shit in the in the ice so it's like wavy so very it was a very it was a very uh interesting ring so i remember that game i was actually i was actually suspended for that game i can't remember the what happened in the incident before, but something happened. It could have been a hit or something, but I was suspended. But anyway, I still went to the game, and we are playing Wobbeman, and the game was just, it was It was obviously getting, it was obviously getting out of hand and stuff, so, and then this one guy on our team, he was a bigger guy, he, uh, he ran, he hit this guy, just ran him right through the boards. It was, it was just unfolded the guy like a like a pretzel. So we had there was this crazy there was this ref that was refing. He's actually from a town. He's from a town near Westlock, and he was refing our game. And his son was up in the crowd, and everyone was yelling at the at this at this guy at the ref. So he calls his son down to ice level as like give me my phone. So the son goes down to ice level and gives him his phone. And I was sitting in the crowd, so I was witnessing all this. And he gives him his phone, and he he uh, he dials nine one one on the ice, and the and he calls the police, and the police had to come. And then, because the parents, well, obviously the parents were going nuts and stuff. And so, and then, and then when the game, when the game ended, uh, the police kind of just like I guess escorted out, uh, escorted everyone out, and then. Uh, yeah, that was it. But every time we would we would go to those those types of uh, places, it was always mayhem because just just because like it was like tier five, right? So, but yeah, that was it. Was definitely a very uh, interesting year. And then my next year, I I, I was technically a first year Bantam, even though I played underage. So I tried out for Bantam AAA in Fort, and then uh, I, uh, I I got cut. I was like first cut, so I went down to. Uh, I went down to Mournville, which is probably about a half an hour from Westlaw. Uh, it was Bantam Double A. So I ended up I ended up there for the year. Um, that was another very interesting year. Um, we had a coach, our coach at the beginning of the year. Him and another, him and our assistant coach. They had a big fallout. They had a big fight after the game. So uh, they, they, I think they both just left. So. So actually, they what they did was they hired my they hired my dad actually to coach that year, and one of 
and this other guy that my dad knew, they were both, they were two goalies. My dad was a goalie and the other guy was a goalie. So, so they coached us that year in Bantam, Bantam double A. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think we only had six, I think we only had like six wins. We didn't have the strongest team that year, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was definitely a very interesting, interesting year though, to say the least. But then, so after, um, I tried out for bad triple again and I actually made it, but the coach put me as a forward. So after the inner squad, after the inner squad game, he, uh, he had me, he put me as forward. And then, uh, I, uh, I played forward in preseason and stuff. And, um, I could hit guys like on the floor check, which I really enjoyed. It was kind of something I liked to do was was hit and stuff. I've always kind of like I always kind of hit even when I started out in Pee Wee. So it wasn't a bad thing I thought. Um, so yeah, I played the year that that Bantam Triple A year. My second year Bantam was a forward, and I think we got beat out in the second. I don't know. We got beat beat out in the conference final in the third round to Shore Park because Shore Park was a pretty strong team that year, and then. Um, after that year, I actually didn't have any, I didn't get drafted the Bantam draft. So, and my only, uh, invite, uh, that I got was to, uh, was to Seattle. So that was, that was kind of that summer, what would it have been 2016, the summer 2016. That's when I got, uh, invited to Seattle's camp. But yeah, so I basically played my minor hockey career in, uh, in Westlock and then Fort Saskatchewan kind of towards the end of it. So that's where it all started. Yeah. The, uh, well, you, you played with, uh, if I was looking at the things right, uh, Kirby and Colton Dak, you played with those guys. Yeah. I played with Colt. I played with Colton. Colton was an underage. Um, when I was in Bantam, when, when I was in my second year Bantam and then I played with Kirby and my first year of midget triple A. Now, like obviously, uh, they you know they go on and play in the NHL, and I think you know uh, while Kirby played, I think they actually both played here in Saskatoon. But you know, big uh, you know first round pick and all that stuff. And uh, when when you were playing with him, could you could you tell that he was something special? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Obviously, they were way. I bet you, Colton, when I was second year. Battle when I put Colton as an Irish, Colton was definitely better than me, for sure. And he was Pee Wee level. He would have been second year Pee Wee, but he was playing as an Irish about Triple A. And then when I played with Kirby, my first year, he was really good because Kirby played as an underage in Midget Triple A, and he tore it up. And and my year, he only played like ten games my year because then he went, he got called back up to Saskatoon. But yeah, like, and I watched Kirby before, even when he was in Batham, and yeah, he was. He was really good. He's a super. He's a super good player. I really, I like. He's super skilled, obviously, right? So he was. He was very. He was, he's got that. Uh, he was born with that, that that natural talent, right? And so he's he's super. He's super good. I I can't do any of the shit he does. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, different skill sets, different skill sets. But uh, what? Like, did you? Uh, did you get a late growth birth, or were you always sort of a big kid? Uh, I was always sort of, uh, I was always sort of tall. Um, I want to say my growth spurts kind of happened and like, like they would always kind of happen. Like 
uh, every like couple years when I was younger. So I didn't really kind of blow up like some people do where they kind of just spurt. I, it was kind of just gradually as I got older, it was kind of great, which was kind of nice. Cause it helped me. It, it kind of helped with my, uh, helped with my skating wise. So I didn't spurt up and I did not problem skating. It was more gra- It was more gradually. So it, it kind of worked out in, that, in my favor. Yeah, well, you kind of yeah, you can kind of get your coordination as you kind of go through the different sizes. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so, like you said, you, you get invited to Seattle camp. Um, were you? Were you? I mean, I, I mean, all kids want to get drafted in the Bantam draft and all that stuff. But were you disappointed that you didn't get drafted, or were you sort of like, or would you have been surprised if you had been drafted? Yeah, you know what? I I don't really know. I think. Uh... I was normally a defenseman, so I was changed to forward. So, and I, I didn't get very many points. So I kind of, you know, I kind of, I kind of knew like um, that there wasn't, there wasn't like a good chance, but there, there could have been a, could have been a good, like there could have been a chance. But you know, I wasn't overall. I didn't really dwell on it too much. I was obviously a little bit disappointed, like oh fuck, like. But then after, like I was like oh fuck, whatever. And then. uh so yeah, I didn't really dwell on it like completely. I was kind of, I was kind of neutral on it. So, so I was, I just, I was just kind of happy after that I did get an invite from Seattle, which was good for me. Well, yeah. So you go down to Seattle camp, and I mean, like you said, you like the hitting and you like the physical play. Um, when did the like? When did the fighting start? Like, did did you ever like? You know, were you fighting as a kid? Like, were you you always kind of get into the fighting or? Did that sort of like on your way to Seattle? Sort of like, well, maybe maybe if I'm going to get noticed, I should start fighting. Like, when did that all? When did that take place? Oh well, yeah. Actually, I think I think it all started kind of like when I played lacrosse. Actually, because when I played lacrosse, I started playing probably around I want to say when I was like seven, eight, and back when I played lacrosse, it was actually like it was pretty, it was pretty rough even at like the, the minor lacrosse level. So that's where my, that's kind of where it started. I mean, I got, I got into some scuffles like on the floor just with like helmet and gloves, helmet and gloves and stuff. Like you could fight, you get, you would only get kicked out of the game if you fought. So I got in lacrosse, I got into a couple of those and then um, you could like cross, you could cross check guys with your stick and, and stuff and you could hit lots. So and there was actually, there's this thing called the house. So the house is like, so you got the net and the crease, and then you got this big circular, this half, like, uh, this half circle type of thing where you're like, if anyone comes in there, you could, you could fucking just clear them out. So I think, uh, so anytime someone would come in there, I could, you could just fucking cross check them and plow them down. You wouldn't get a penalty or anything. So I always just, I did that. And then, uh, yeah, but I, overall, I think that's that's kind of where it started, and then and then obviously in in hockey, it kind of transitioned to that. I kind of because I even when I started playing hockey, I I kind of always just was like like that. I just like kind of like that like like that style and physical play. So yeah, when I went when I went down to Seattle. Um, there was actually a lot of guys. There was a lot. They had a big camp that year, so I want to say there's probably like six or seven teams. So there's over, well over a hundred, 
hundred players that year, and when the scrimmages started, and there was actually there was a lot of fighting actually, and, and this was 2016. So I think it was still a little bit different in terms of training camps, even back that like back at that point, just because there was like there was actually quite a bit of fighting. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, like that's that's kind of how I wanna I wanna like do it. So. In the scrim, in the scrimmage, one of the scrimmages, I think it was my first or second scrimmage. I, I, uh, I got into one. I can't remember the guy's name, but I, I fought like I, I just asked the guy to go, and we uh, squared up and we took off the helmets and we and we fought. I, I think I, like I did, I did pretty good actually. I just had a had a little bit of a bleeding nose and that was it because it was just punch for punch and then, and then yeah, so that that's kind of how I uh, approached it. I knew that I knew that I had to, uh, I wasn't drafted or anything. So I had to, I had to do something different and, and show and like, I thought that I, if I showed that I could fight and hit and stuff, then that's all I kind of, I kind of needed was to, was to show that impression. So it, which it did work well for me. So that's kind of how I envisioned it going into it. Well, like you said, and I mean, uh, you know, well, it clearly worked because in, yeah, 2017, 2018, um, you know, you're playing triple A, but you're also, you end up playing 15 games as a 15 year old in the, yeah. in the, in the Western league. Then you had three fights and, uh, it, it looked pretty solid in the three fights too, I, I have to say, but, uh, you're, uh, did you did you go like going into that year? Did you take any did you take any boxing or anything like that to get ready, or was it just throw caution to the wind and let's well, on the job training, so to speak? No, yeah, no, I didn't start taking boxing until a little bit later. But before that, like, no, I I didn't take any type like type of fighting or anything or boxing. I kind of just I kind of just went uh, went with what I knew. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of just, my, my thing was just, uh, go in and make sure that you tuck your chin a bit and make sure you have your eyes on the guy and just throw, throw as hard as punches as you can to his head and try and, and try and hit the guy's head off. That was kind of my perception of it. Yeah. That was, yeah. Just, yeah. See his face, hit it kind of thing. Right. Is there uh well, I, for, yeah. I forgot to bring it up too. I read, I didn't realize that, but reading up on you uh, last night while I was doing some research, Brent Billado is your uncle. And uh, yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, are you fairly close? Like, do you talk to him? Like, were you fairly close? Because man, I tell you, hell of a player back in the day. He had a great uh, dub career and uh, and minor pro career. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we do keep in touch quite a bit. Like they usually come down to see our uh, to see our family. Like and we'll go up there. So, but yeah, we and because I played in Seattle and he was in he was in Tri Cities. Uh, he would always he would always come to the games when we were in Tri. Sometimes Seattle. So yeah, he was. We would always talk and stuff, which was good, which was awesome, right? So yeah, like did he kind of did he ever kind of pull you aside and kind of like even before you got there and kind of like, Hey, show you a few things. Did you ever ask him or was it just sort of just hockey in general? Oh yeah. He, with the fighting part, he definitely showed me some stuff on fighting for sure. He, uh, he, he would give me some pointers and stuff all the time, which I think really helped. Uh, and then, yeah, with the hockey part too, he was, 
he's always pretty good with the hockey part. Like he knew, like he knew what, like he obviously knew what he's talking about and stuff. So he would always give me pointers throughout the year and then to like try and try and help me out to get more ice time or whatever it was. And he, yeah, he did, he did, uh, he was always usually chat with me about that type of stuff, which was good to have. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a sounding board, right? And to have that, uh, experience yeah. right there to, 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 to gain knowledge from is, is tremendous. Yeah. yeah. That was, it was funny when I was reading that yet last night and I'm like, man, Brent Billado, I'm like, man, there's a name I haven't heard for a long time, but yeah, I remember him back in the day yeah. in Seattle and actually it was funny. I was, uh, what fight tape was I watching? He was on there. Johnstown. It was a Johnstown Chiefs and he was on there fighting a few oh, times. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. When he played there. Yeah. And, yeah. He, um, yeah, he had a hell of a career. But, um, but yeah, well, so like you said, you're, you know, you're, you're playing triple A, but also, you know, 15 years old, you get up into the, into the Western Hockey League, that's going to be fairly intimidating. Yeah, well, you know what, like, to be honest, the, the way I kind of viewed it is when I went in, I really, I really didn't have like. I didn't really have any type of fear going into it. I, the way my mindset was, I kind of just went in and just uh, kind of did what I had to, what I had to do. Right. So I knew like if, uh, if anyone chat, like if anyone ever challenged me or anything like that, I would always accept because I knew I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to show, uh, you can't really show any, any fear, right. When you want to, when you want to do good. So I think that really helped me. My mindset really helped me on that. That's kind of how I always thought of it. Even going into camp when I was, when I was 14, I, I just kind of did what I had to do. And then the following year, obviously I, I did what I had to do to, uh, to kind of just to kind of play the way I had to, which, which really helped me in the long run. So well, I was gonna that's say, kind of the way I envisioned it. Yeah. I was going to say at 15, like that second camp, I mean, obviously, as an undrafted guy or whatever, you must have had a hell of a camp at at fifteen to like stick around and play fifteen games in the league that year as a fifteen year old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my second camp when I actually can make it as a sixteen. Yeah, that year I had a really good camp too. Um, I I still fought a couple more times in the scrimmages. Um, then we we got into a practice. I had a I had. I had one in one of the practices and stuff, and then I, and then I worked. I had to work with the skills coach every day to improve my skills because my, to be honest, my, my hands and stuff weren't that good, and to, uh, to improve my hockey sense and stuff. So my assistant coach Kyle Hagel, he really worked with me, which really improved because we did a bunch of stuff every day. So, and I'd never done skill stuff like that before, but I knew that I had to so I could stick in the league. But yeah, so then as time went on, I kind of developed my overall game. Well, that, yeah, that well, let, stuff. well, and let's talk about that for a sec. I mean, first of all, your coach is, your head coach is Matt Odette, and then your assistant coach is Kyle Hagel. Yeah. Those, are, those are two tough dudes right there. I mean, if you need help with fighting, those two guys can definitely help you. Oh, yeah. I really like them as coaches. Uh, I really like Matt. He was. He was, yeah. Obviously, he was really, he was really tough when he played. Uh, you know, when I came in as, a, obviously, as a rookie, he was, he was super good. You know, he was. I really like, uh, I really like coaches that were were hard on me. And Matt was, Matt was like perfect with me. Like if I, if I, uh, I remember there was one time where uh, 
I think it was in practice. We were, it was one of the drill where when I, I think I fucking, I fired a pass and I, and I missed a pass or something. It was a lineless drill. And, uh, oh yeah, he definitely let me know, but it was good because I think him, him getting like, uh, him getting mad at me like that, it really helped me. It really helped me out. And even ha- like, even Hagel, he was, they were always on my, they were, they were always kind of on me to like, you know, get shit done. So, which really, which really helped me. And I had no issue at all with that. I fucking, I love that. So it, they were really, they were really good in that sense. And then with the skill part, they were really good. They always worked with me with that. So I kind of just, I always kind of just fuck when I was around them. I kind of just kept my mouth shut and just did whatever they said. <laughs> well, and it's funny as I'm, as I'm thinking about it, I can guarantee if someone had talked to Matt O'Dead about it, I bet you he saw a lot of himself in you. Because you're the same. You're the big guy, the blue liner, you know, you know, physical guy, and uh, you know, you're not going to be, you know, leading the, you know, the rush up the ice or anything. But I mean, physical, clear out the front of the net. You know, anybody wants to mess around, you're there. And I bet you there's there are a lot of similarities between your game and his game. Yeah, I really think so. I, he mentioned he, he would always mentioned that to me too. Just like when we would talk, just kind of at the beginning part when I was there. So. He was always kind of mentioning that, but yeah, there there definitely was a, a ton of similarities between us, which kind of made it it uh, a good match for for him to coach because I think him coaching me it kind of it kind of resembled the style. So he that's why one of the reasons he was really it really helped. It, he could he knew like he kind of knew my style of play, which could help me help me with my game. So yeah, that really helped that he was kind of like he was like that too. Well, and I think as a kind of a tougher guy and a you know and a fighter and and all that, I mean, it's um, I I think to have a guy like that that did that. Well, both those guys did that role. I mean, I think that would probably be you would think. I mean, for, this is just me ignorantly stating this as a fan. I would assume, but uh, you would think as a as they could they understand what you're going through. Like with the role and all that stuff, and the physical play, and the you know the 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 mental thing that not just the physical, but obviously the the mental challenge that goes into being a physical player and having to do the fighting and that type of thing. Those two guys obviously went through that much more than like say if some guy if your coach was some goal scorer that never fought. Well, he doesn't really know, right? So I think that would definitely be yeah advantageous for you anyway. Yeah, honestly, like to be honest with you, with the the whole mental thing, like I fucking I love I always loved like I always loved the fighting part and the hitting part. So for me, it wasn't really like uh, a nerve wracking thing. Like I really I fucking re- I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. So I didn't really have I don't really have any regret. I don't have any regrets of what I uh, I did on the ice or anything because I fucking I I love doing that stuff. That's that's kind of something that I really loved is that would get me that would get me into the game because I knew if I if I did that stuff if I laid a hit or if I got into a fight whether it was in the first period second period third period that I would be on my game and then I could start jumping into the rush and stuff and, and working on my offense so and then yeah. I always loved my my favorite thing to do was if I got to a fight and then. I didn't have, uh, or sorry, if I if I if I scored before I got into a fight, I would always. That's the one thing I would always go to look for is to fight after because I knew if I could score and then fight, that that'd be the perfect night for me. That's always what I loved, and I really had no 
no regrets for the way for the way I approach the way I approached it because um, it's just the way that you know I I really love I really love to play so. Well, and it's interesting because I've, I've asked this question of a lot of guys that were on the sh- that have been on the show. Um, obviously, you're you're well, and of course, um, well. Now that I'm thinking about it, I, it, yeah, I think you're the youngest person I've had on this show too. So, kind of, I don't have too many of the the new age guys on the on the on the show here. So, this is sort of an interesting. Most of the guys, of course, when when I talk to them, you know, it was in the '90s or whatever. There isn't video. Yeah, there's some video of their fights, but not many. Well, with you, of yeah. course, I was able to see everything. So, um, yeah. So right away, you're 15 years old. Uh, like you said, you step up on Matt Quigley's your first WHL fight, regular season fight. Put a big hit on him, and uh, and then you do really well in the fight. And he's a 17 year old. You're 15. The announcers are talking about it, but you do really well. Did that? Um, Right away, like you kind of get the first one out of the way under your belt. Did that sort of give you confidence right away that you could do this? Yeah, no, I think so. Um, I think we were we were losing pretty bad that game, so um, I kind of just went out there and I saw the guy coming down the wall with his head down. So I'm like, so I so I fucking stepped up and just hit him into the boards, and then I seen him. I seen Quigley coming. I seen him coming. I think. Yeah, he would have been. I can't remember if he was a D-man, but he came came charging at me, and I knew that it was time to rock and roll. So then I just dropped my gloves, and we grabbed onto each other and just went. So that's kind of. And then after, yeah, after the fight, I think I think it did like give me more confidence, right? Just that that yeah, I can I can I can do this now. So that's that's kind of yeah. Well- yeah, well, that's the thing, right? With 15 games and three fights, I mean, they all obviously all three fights sort of happen fairly quickly in terms of uh, in you know in dates. Because I mean, then after that, you fought Austin Cunningham, and then it was uh, Taylor Ludwar was your was your last fight of that mm-hmm. year, and you did well in all three of them. Um, so as a 15 year old, you've had the you've had you know you got your taste of the league, 15 games, a uh, couple you know three fights, fairly successful in all three, um, you know. Yeah. You know, cu- coming into that next year, uh, 2018-2019, uh, when you, you led the league in PIMS, um, you know, and you have, uh, you know, 13 fights. And, um, like, was that your goal right away coming in was I'm just I'm taking on everybody and I want to, you know, I'm going to make the statement that you're to try to be the be the champ, so to speak. Was that the game plan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. You know, I think. That year, so I, I had a late I have a late birthday, so I just think coming in that year because I knew, knew I was going to be there for the full year that I really had to take a step, obviously in my development. But at the same time, I I knew that that I had to that I was I wanted to fight lots that year, so I kind of I I kind of took that I took that step and and uh, and played just played my game like I always did, and yeah, I got into quite a few got into quite a few fights that year and. And did pretty did pretty well. Um, had to work on not taking uh, stupid penalties at times. I my coaches worked with me on that quite a bit because I know sometimes I would I would uh, take undisciplined penalties, but it got better throughout the year. But yeah, I think going into that season, I just I, I knew what I what I had to what I had to do, and that's that's basically the way I 
the way I approached it. And I just think, I just think, uh, with the development part too in my game, um, if I could work, if I could work on both that and the fighting part, cause that was kind of the main, the biggest thing too, right? Is the playing part. If I could get both those down, then I'd be, uh, then that would be golden. Right. But yeah, like I just went into that year and if, uh, I was always ready to, to go like, and I always, I always asked obviously and ended up getting into quite a few. And then my uh, development too, part of the, like the skill part of the game kind of started to get better as I worked on it. So yeah, that's kind of how I, how I looked, uh, looked into that year was just, was just play, play, play really physical and work on my, skill and maybe try and chip in offensively once in a while and just get the puck up yeah well and that's the thing and that's the one thing i think that um you know to completely kind of just go away from the hockey thing but and i think uh you know especially for some of the listeners out there like my american listeners or you know for my uh you know my uk folks um i think that's the one thing that often gets overlooked especially in the in the west well for all junior hockey but especially in the western league just because the the league's so spread out here you are in Western Canada, you know, a Canadian kid, and all of a sudden now you're not only in a different country, you're in the United States playing in Seattle, but you also have to go to school. You're also a high school student. So now you're a high school student in a different country, and and you're, you know, you got all this on your mind as well as playing in a Western Hockey League, you know, for in the highest junior league in the world, you know, an elite-level junior league, um, you know, and you're fighting and everything else. I mean, that's a lot for a 16-year-old to process at that point. How did you adjust to, and, you know, you're living with billets and all that. How did your the billet situation go? Was that cool? And, like, did you adjust to the schooling in the States and, and all that? And, you know, I mean, those are some long bus rides. You're sitting on the bus. you got to do homework. You know, the 18, 19, 20-year-olds, no. they're, they're playing cards in the back and no problems. Easy, like, nothing nothing going yeah. on. But, I mean, for you guys, the students are sitting up front, um, that that's a that's a that's a grind, man. How, did you handle it all right? Oh yeah, I think so. Like so, actually though, I did my schooling online through the Alberta schooling. So what what the plan was was we would go. There was a couple of us, like the online guys. We would go. We would go to the rink. We had to be at the rink at like nine, and uh, we would be there till like twelve because that's when everyone showed up. So we'd fucking we'd always go to the rink at like nine and i fucking hated it because i did not like school at all so went to the rink at nine they they put us in this little office and uh to be honest with you we barely got any work done it was it was always like we really didn't do much we would just talk and bullshit or whatever so but like i would do like little parts of my like i would obviously finish it but like i would sometimes go there's probably maybe a stretch of one to two weeks, the longest where I wouldn't, I'd do fuck all. <laughs> and uh, then I would pick it up and start to do it. And then we, there was always this, one of the guys, like the, the coordinator guy that worked for the team, he'd always come in and check our grades. And I would always fucking, every time he'd come in and check our grades and I didn't have anything. There was, there was a couple of times where I'd be like, oh, I don't have anything for this week. And he'd be like, He'd be like, he'd come back and he'd be like, well, do you have anything now? And I'd be like, no. And it'd be like two weeks and then I'd have to show him. So there'd be some times where I'd be in a fucking massive rush to get shit done. And then I would, uh, I would get it done, but I'd get like, I don't know, like a 50 or 60 on it or whatever. And then he would look at it 
and be like, oh, well, fuck, you got to stay after hours. So, so after practice, I would have to go to tutoring. I was always there because I would, because my, my marks were never in that fucking eighties or nineties. So I would always have to be at tutoring and shit. And then I would just do extra stuff there. But, uh, yeah, so it was kind of, it was a grind. The billet, my billets, my, I always had, I always had pretty good billets. Um, my billet, my billet situation was always pretty good. The schooling was always, it was always kind of tough just cause like I really didn't give a shit about it. And I was, well, it's kind of hard with hockey obviously, but, but yeah, I ended up, well, I, I ended up graduating. I actually, when I came back home the summer, I ended up graduating. I graduated literally right on the day of, of like graduation when everyone was graduating. So I fucking, I rushed everything, I rushed everything quick and got it done and then ended up ended up graduating surprisingly but i was i was happy because i got my my diploma because i knew that because like there's like a requirement you have to have your you have to have like a diploma in the west like in the western league like after you are you i guess you get you have to do more schooling if you if you don't get it so i knew that so but it was with the schooling part i was always i was always in a rush with it i never did I never did homework on the roads. I just never really, really was into that. So I never even did homework. I don't think ever in my schooling. So, but yeah, I, the one thing I was happy about is that I got it finished right on time. So, but yeah, it definitely was hard with like with, with school, especially when you don't like it, but I managed to get it all up and finished. So. Well, that, cause that's the thing. They, you know, the leagues take that shit serious nowadays. I mean, it's not like the oh, old yeah. days, right? We're, you know, guys just didn't have to do it. You know, there's lots of guys you had to talk to them, and they never finished school. A lot of them, and you know, and yeah. whatever, because it was just I'm playing pro hockey. That was just what the thing was, right? And you know, obviously different yeah. times in the '80s and stuff. But uh, yeah, but I know the league yeah. is serious now with guys finishing school and everything else. Oh yeah, they're super serious. I uh, I remember our uh, our old GM Russ Farwell. He he was more lenient on it. Like he wasn't really big he didn't really care which i liked because he wasn't like asking us questions and stuff but our but then when we got uh we got our uh, the coordinator guy that the coordinator was pretty was pretty big on it he would always check our grades and stuff so but like and i never liked showing i never really like i would show my grades and he'd make me do extra but it was it was whatever but yeah like they were they were pretty they were pretty uptight about about school about schooling so they wanted they wanted everyone i don't think we had a requirement for like like a percentage of what you had to get so i think if like for me personally if i could if i could pass like if i got 15 above that's what i aim for because it was a pass so but like i think the requirement might have been if you were if you were under 65 percent in any of your classes then you and you had to do extra work, which I wasn't pretty well every class. So I always had to fucking go after practice to the with the tutor and do it. So, but it was whatever. I fucking hated it, but I grinded through it and got through it. So I was happy about that. There you go. Well, we'll get. Uh, well, I got a few names to ask you about here on your on your fight card th- this year. Um, one of the names that came up a couple times. You guys had a pr- couple couple battles there. Was old. Uh, Montana uh, Onyabuchi, yeah, you, you rumbled him a couple yeah. times. Yes, 
I did. You might you might be running yeah, into you might be running into him again this year. You know that might that that trilogy yeah. you, that saga might not be done yet. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah, I fought him the first time. I think. Yeah, it would have been when I was seventeen. My first full year there, we fought. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty. It was a pretty good. It was a pretty good fight. I thought. Um, and we fought again. We fought again that year. Later in the year, it would have been after the the new year. But both fights, I thought bo- both fights were good and stuff. So yeah, he he fought he fought quite a bit. He was he was a he was a he was a gamer. He would always he would always fight. So yeah, I I could it would definitely be I like playing against guys like that. So yeah. Well, I was gonna say go watching your fights last night. I know this is your. I know you had a couple tough ones. It looked like you you took some pretty good shots in these ones. Uh, the one was against uh, Conrad Mitchell, and then the other one was against Jeff Faith. That looked like a pretty tough go. Yeah, actually, those yeah those those were probably my two in my Western League career the the toughest ones that I had out of all of them actually. So yeah, the one against Jeff Faith, he he caught me with a good one, like straight on the straight on the nose. Caught me with a really good with a really good one that was in we were in spokane that that night and yeah he just fucking caught me with a with a really good one and then uh the act the act the next the one later in the year was against con conrad mitchell he caught me with a with a couple he tied my right arm pretty good up and my right arm is usually what i what i like to throw bombs with and and he and he tied that up, so I had to switch throughout the fight, and then I had to take a couple. I took a couple uh, uppercuts and stuff, which was which was fine, right? So it's it's gonna happen. But yeah, he uh, he caught me with a few, and then uh, had my right arm tied up. It was hard for hard for me to get uh, loose, but I'd like I would like to get a to, to get a rematch against. I wasn't able I wasn't able to just because the next year I think he played. He played. Uh, he played. He played somewhere. He played somewhere else the next year, I think. So I wasn't able to get a rematch. But you know, I would like to have a to have a rematch with with uh, with both of those guys for sure. But yeah, those were those those two were probably my definitely probably my toughest ones out of out of uh, all the ones. But so yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, of the thirteen, those are the two that kind of looked looked. You know, you looked pretty sharp in the rest. Um, I, you, you definitely had the the uh, the uh, the rivalry. It seemed to be uh, with Portland that year was pretty strong. You seem to be getting into it with them all the time with the in Portland. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That well, because it was a it was a pretty big rivalry. Like we never liked uh, we never liked Portland. So, and I. I uh, I didn't really like 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 those guys either, right? So those games would those games would always get uh, those games would get rowdy. The fans would always get rowdy, so they would always get they would use, the games would get pretty rough, you know. Uh, obviously, shit would happen. Like there'd be scrums and stuff and fights throughout the game. But uh, yeah, those those games were usually were usually pretty intense. I thought there was always every time we played them, there was usually. There was usually one or two fights that would happen a game, so which was which was great, and it it uh, caused a great rivalry between the both of us because Portland and Seattle have always had a long rivalry like that. So it was always 
I always loved playing in those games because it was it would always get it would always get rough. So, oh yeah, man, those old Seattle. Well, I mean, in Seattle, just the, the that organization itself has had such a, a history of toughness in Seattle. And I mean, I you know you being there, yeah. you certainly you know with uh, you know Dodie Wood and Paul Ferone and Lloyd Shaw and Scott Daniels and Dean Ewan and all those guys way back in the day. Well, before your time, I can tell yeah. you. But even you know Zach Fitzgerald and 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 those guys uh, in in more recent years. But uh, you know. Um, yeah, at Portland. I mean, they they always had those were always the crazy rivalries. What was your uh, what 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 was your favorite rink to, on the road? What you what place did you like playing in the most? Mm, you know what? I want to say probably either yeah, I would say Portland or uh, or Everett's. Everett's the fans were always loud there. Um, Portland's was obviously Portland's was super loud too, and they played in that Moda Center. I like the other arena better, the, the that uh, camera what it's called, but they play at a two rinks. So, but I like the the first, the the Moda Center was like their NBA team. Well, I didn't mind that one. But they would still get a really good crowd. And then the other one, the uh, what was it called? I can't remember what it was called, but it was the old NBA rink. But that was a cool rink. I like that rink. It was a good atmosphere in that rink and the, the fans were really loud, especially during scrums and stuff and fights. It would always get rowdy in there. And, um, but those were probably my two. I would uh, honestly, I'd, I'd probably pick uh, Portland's rink. Cause I, it was, it was always pretty electric. It was always pretty electric in there with the fans. So I would probably pick Portland's. Yeah, it was, uh, <coughs> pardon me. Um, I know some guys when, um, you know, when, when, when fighters, I mean, sometimes they get this rep on them that they're homers. They don't fight on the road and stuff. Did you like fighting on the road and, like, playing the bad guy? Did you like being the bad guy? Oh, fuck, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I always, I always, I would fight on the road, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really see, like, the difference in fighting between home and away. It was always whatever, right? So I didn't really have that thought of, like, fighting at home better i would fight on the road or or away right so yeah that really didn't i didn't really think about that too much so yeah well the, the following year uh you know uh 20 2019 uh 2020 um you know 40 games 110 you know seven little a few fights seven seven fights this year um at this point um, fighting has really gone down in the league. It's really starting to go down. Yes. Did you, were, oh, well, I, we sort of answered our own question here, but were you finding it hard to find a fight at this point? It definitely was harder, yes. I, it was harder just because, like you said, just the way because fighting was kind of going down and I guess just getting older, you know, um, it definitely it definitely was, was harder. Um you know, I kind of found myself getting penalized for more things. You know, I really had to work on uh, um, if I like if I were to get beat or something. And I've always had to work on this, like not hooking a guy or hauling him down, and really making sure I was keeping my hands down. And and they wanted everyone wanted me to focus on playing more, so I really tried that. And it was it was it was hard at times, like to focus on playing more, but I still managed to do it. But, uh, yeah, and I think some of the penalties they called me on and stuff, 
like were were weaker, but it was just how it how it was. But I still got to work on my my uh, my game and my skill, whatever, which was good. But yeah, there was it, it definitely was going down at that point, like a lot, which is which is kind of sad because it would have been it kind of would have been nice to see like you know a six like a fifteen or sixteen year old like maybe step up or something like that but it was you could see it was it was kind of going down a bit but it it, it was what it was right so that's kind of just the way it was going so I, I i i was trying my best to kind of adapt to it and just work on my work on my playing and my and my skill and not not be not not get too rowdy and stupid so but yeah that's it, it was going down a bit well well i'll ask you obviously you got you on here now you're obviously a young guy you're in it I mean, not just in the Seattle locker room, but I mean, in the summer you're training and, you know, guys are back home. So you're obviously around other junior players as well from other teams. And, you know, and you got friends all over and you're talking. What, I mean, from, I, you know, on this podcast, I yell and rant and rave about the new generation and they don't fight anymore. And of course I come from the eighties and nineties, you know, and you know, where it's all, I mean, guys are fighting 30, 40 times a year and all that type of thing, you know, helmets off and all that stuff. So it's a completely different mindset now to what you're to what you're playing in at the time. Um, what's the general kind of vibe amongst the players? Like, do the players do they want to fight more? Like, you know what I mean? Is there like is is fighting really become a secondary thing? I don't want to I don't want to call guys scared, but it's like, are they like legitimately like guys don't want to fight, or do they still kind of? You know what I mean? Like, what, what's the what's the feeling about fighting in hockey at this point? Well, you're sitting with the, amongst the players. What's the what's the vibe? Well, yeah, I I just think too, like, like the first, like the way, like the the way the rules are. I think the rules they've put in has really limited to guys, like sometimes of what they they want to do, like just with the whole, inst- like obviously instigator. I know that was put in a long time ago. But I think too, uh, yeah, just like the rules too, it doesn't, it doesn't let some players let fucking loose, right? So, and I think too, uh, there's a lot of they always preach, they talk about skill lots in hockey now, right? So I think, I think with a lot with a lot of players, right, um, they're they're taught like just just skill, right? So I just think I think with some players they don't really they don't really think about it they don't really think about it too much. It's, it's not, it's not really on their, on their minds to, to, to fight and stuff. And, you know, I just think, um, a lot of, a lot of times, like they want, they really want you to pick your spots and stuff with, with fighting. And, and a lot of players, a lot of players don't really have the leniency to, uh, to go out there and, and do it if they, if they want to. And then, yeah. And, obviously with the with the game change with the game changing and stuff and and like all the skates i i go to right is it's mostly it's all skill level based and stuff and i you know we don't we don't, i wouldn't we talk about fighting like quite a bit like we'll talk about fighting and stuff now and then in the room but like the whole emphasis on it now uh is 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 mainly getting like obviously uh bigger like and faster and stronger which is it's kind of what you have to do now to uh to make it i guess to the to the next level so i think the it's not it's not taught 
it's not taught anymore by parents or or like uh or uh, coaches it's not taught like hey go out there and fuck somebody up right i don't think that's really implied in a lot of in a lot of players heads as much uh, so it's 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 just the way and even with the rules and stuff right it's hard it's harder to get away with shit so i think uh well yeah like that whole mindset kind of that. yeah and like the whole mindset of like yeah. yeah like the five shift the game guy is gone that guy doesn't exist anymore yeah 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 exactly you know so i mean yeah, so you know they, and and i always say i mean whatever i mean that could be argued if that's good or bad i mean whatever there's obviously different ways of looking at it but um yeah, I know. I it, it would have been interesting to see you back in the near in the late '90s, early 2000s, when taking off your helmets and stuff and squaring off and having teams two and three and four guys deep. That would have been interesting to see Cade back then. Yeah, no, I I think so. And that's one other thing too with the with the whole like uh, like when you get into pro and stuff with the whole visors because i know that like obviously like even like up to what 12 years ago right with the visors like they everyone wears visors too so i think honestly that's a big that's a that's kind of something they the leagues put in to kind of get rid of fighting which is which is dumb because if they if they had that thing on give guys the, the choice to wear a visor or not i think that would give guys some more some more uh some more leniency because it's just it's with a visor on it's kind of it is kind of harder to hit your target to hit like yeah your target on the guys yeah. on the guy's face. And then well, like especially like you now. said, right? A guy ducks his chin and puts his you know, and you, you know if he puts yeah. his chin right down and now he's got a visor too. Yeah, your target area is, is become is shrunk down to almost nothing. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And like the helmets now, you you're not allowed to take off your helmets, so that's uh, that plays a big a big part in it too. I think uh, it'd be nice if you could, if they would, uh, it'd be awesome if they fucking allowed that because there were the, yeah, you could have the whole, the whole head to aim for it and, and you're not punching uh, plastic. You're not punching plastic the whole time, right? And you're, you're doing damage. You can't do any, you can't do any serious damage when your head, these, and the helmets are big enough now. Like they got so much protection because of all the concussion shit. So, they make sure the the helmets are all padded up and they're big enough so that you can't do any damage. So if if you didn't have visors or you could take off your helmets, you could do a lot more damage and 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 take the guy out easier, right? And so that's kind of the way I I see it. Well, another thing that they they put in too that I don't know if people are aware of, like there's they call it a whatever the staged fight rule. So it's like you can't even really fight off the face off. Without, I mean, and depending on the ref, I mean, you know, one ref might let it go because you know, you know, you're kind of like, hey, this guy's been cruising for it. Let let me have one here, and he might let it go. But another yeah. guy will call you on it, you know. So you gotta like, oh, I always laugh. Oh, don't fight off the face off, but go skate around for five seconds and then fight. Then it's okay. It's like, oh, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it makes no sense because, and once again, that's. Why, um, why do guys have, like, why is there fighting off draws? Because of the rules, like the rules they put in, right? So, and yeah, the whole thing, oh, skate around, engage, like, that's, it's just, it's just a way to, they're trying to eliminate fight, like fighting, right? Oh, you got to engage, what is it, like five, or you got to be near the, 
near the puck, well, if you well, first off, sort of, if they didn't ever have that instigator instigator rule, it wouldn't matter. There were stage rights wouldn't even be a thing. So, but yeah, with the whole instigator rule, obviously there is going to be there is going to be those fights. But yeah, I don't understand why they can't just let two guys you guys go off the draw and just give them fucking five minutes and let them like you don't have to because i think you get suspended now if you yeah. fight off draws which yeah. I, I totally don't understand and it, well, it's, it starts with the rules yeah well and it depends right because i mean i've seen them fight off the draw and the refs don't you know it's just five for fighting no one says anything and other guys are getting you know so i think it's obviously what, what was your relationship with the refs like could you kind of tell them like Hey, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this guy here. Like, you know, let me have this one. Like, he's been cruising for it. Like, were they pretty cool with you guys? Or, I guess it probably varies from ref to ref. Some guys you can talk to, other guys you can't. Yeah, it varies from ref to ref. You know, I I always had like I guess you could say love hate relationships with refs because they would always they were always on me every game, and I I really I can't stand refs. So just the way they they try to control the game a lot of the times and they try to be, they think they're the show. So I, I really can't stand refs at certain times, but people have told me, like people always told me in the past, like to try and make friends with them and stuff, like whether it's in warmups or something like, or even just like right before the game when you're on the ice. And I tried that before. I really don't like, I don't know. I, I don't think it would work. I don't think it worked for me. But, like, there was a couple times maybe where they let some stuff go, but most of the time they were, they sometimes, like, honestly, like, they would call me on legit shit sometimes, like, but, like, I would always have to, I knew that the refs, they always had my, like, they had my number some days, so, but, yeah, I think sometimes for me it varied from ref to ref. Um, They were pretty good about, sometimes they were pretty good about, like, who I was, if I was going to fight someone, who they were going to, they kind of they kind of knew sometimes when it was when it was about to happen. I feel like sometimes before the fights they would get all weird and start saying, "Hey, everyone, like back up and stuff." It's like it's like who cares? Like if like anyone gets involved or something. But like they were kind of they would get kind of weird about it sometimes. But um, and then during the fights, I think the linesmen sometimes would definitely jump in too soon. Yeah. You know, they were always kind of looking to they were always looking to jump in, and it's like well you don't need to jump in so soon. Like, or like, like you can let us, you can let us go for a bit. Like I, they were kind of so, they were always so anal about jumping in and, you know, which I, I wasn't a fan of, but you know, it was, it is what it, it is what it was, but no, I, I think my relationship with the rest was kind of love, like love, hate relationships sometimes, but yeah, that's kind of how it all went. Yeah. Well, the next year obviously is a real frustrating year, of course, 2020 and, you know, of course, the, the year of COVID, right? And, um, you know, and it hits yeah. and shuts everything down, so you only get to play the 20 games. But, yeah, I mean, it looked like you're, you know, really strong, too, like 20 games. You had the five points. You had the three fights. Looked really strong in the three fights. And, I mean, how frustrating of a season was that? Like, or or not or non-season? I mean, because you had yeah, to be feeling is- strong going into it. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just I thought personally I thought it was stupid how they had to cancel the season over over that. I think they easily could have they easily could have had the season with all that with all that going on. It's like I don't know. It was just it was it was definitely a 
it was definitely a weird year. I, I, like I said, I personally thought that they could have had the season, but every, like, there's a lot of people, you had a lot of people, you know, with COVID and stuff, they're all super, you know, about COVID. It's like, well, fuck, like, like really it's like, I mean, I'm not going to get into the COVID shit all, but like really to like, to me, it wasn't as bad as like what most, it's not as bad as what people thought it was or the trainers kind of thought it was in the West League. But aside from that, yeah, the season, because it was only 20 games, no playoffs. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was really kind of, it was really kind of a shit, a shit season. But because it started in, what was it, March? Yeah, it started in March. We went down there again to February. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, it was definitely an interesting season to say the least, but I still managed to, to work through it and whatever and kind of just like still played the way that I always that I always did and stuff but yeah I kind of just worked through it well and I mean obviously you know that you kind of have that you know the 20 game season and you know it's pretty rough but uh, uh you, you get uh you get signed by the a free agent signing with the LA Kings how uh how exciting was it to get that phone call yeah, no, I was, it was really cool. I got it from my agent that said I was invited to the camp or whatever. It was, it was actually when I got the call, my uncle, my uncle, I, I do some work for my uncle in the summer. He's a bee farmer. So I was, I was actually doing that and then I got the call. And then, uh, and then, yeah, so this was, this was after I got traded to Vancouver. Yep. From Seattle in the summer. So this was after I, this was like probably a week after and then, yeah, they had, they had their development camp, so I went down to Vancouver in in uh, August, early August, and trained. Did some skating in uh, in Vancouver. I, Lucic was actually skating. I did a couple of skates with Lucic, and he trained at the same gym, which was pretty cool. I thought, and then uh, yeah, so that's that's when I got the call. It was pretty exciting. Did you get a chance to interact with Lucic? You guys like talk at all and bullshit, or was it pretty just? training and that was it yeah i was kind of just training and that was it and skate like skating and that was that was pretty much it so yeah i was it was that was pretty much all it was i think we skated uh skated mostly i think it was like three uh, i can't remember i think it was like three four times a week we skated there yeah so it was at the end of the day so it worked out pretty well well, I mean, I just sort of glazed over that. Like you said, uh, were you surprised when you got traded to Vancouver? I mean, you're a 20 year old. Were you kind of expecting something to happen? Yeah, well, it was kind of, we were kind of planning just because Seattle was bringing in, they were bringing in younger guys. So they wanted, they wanted more younger guys. So, and I was, and I was kind of, there was a, us older guys were kind of, we weren't playing as much. So it was kind of, mutually agreed upon that'd be better for me to get a fresh to get a fresh start somewhere else and just and just uh for my 20 years so that's kind of the bet what the best option was okay well so now you so you go to la camp so why i mean obviously you went to, yeah. to rookie camp first um yeah and uh i saw your fight with mason primo that was pretty good against yeah. with with the golden yeah. knights there uh that's, that was a pretty good shot there when the refs came in. I was I was kind of digging that, but hey, fight's not over till it's over, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 one was in rookie camp. Uh, it was hey, was Primo no, pi- was Primo pissed about that? 
Yeah, he was pretty. Yeah, he was. He was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty pissed. He tried to. He tried to hit me or whatever, but like, like I don't know. I I guess like well, the way I see it, at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's a it's a fight. Like it's either you or the other guy, but like it's not like just you're in the moment. So you fucking you throw a bomb and fuck you get him, and then yeah. So I I. I really didn't dwell on it. I didn't dwell on it at all, to be honest. Well, I was gonna say, I, from watching your fights last night and, and you know and and everything, um, I, I one thing I very I very much appreciate you, you have the old school vibe about you that uh, not a lot of bro hugs and bum taps after your fights. It's kind of like you're done, you go to the box, whatever. But yeah, you, it's not like a real friends type thing after. No. I, like, whether it's usually, like, when I'm playing against a team, like, I don't, I really don't, like, I want to, like, well, you obviously want to win too, but I have no friends when I'm, when I'm playing, and I think, especially after fights, like, like, for me, like, fighting-wise, I really don't have, I don't have any, like, during the fight and stuff, I really don't have, I really, really don't, like, technically don't respect the guy to that point where I'm going to be giving him taps and hey, good job. I just, I just skate back. I just skate back to the penalty box because at the end of the day, um, when you, when you fight, when you fight, you need to, you need, well, you, you want to fight to beat the guy up and then, and then, and then after you want, you want to, it's, it's about intimidation. So you can't, you can't show that you're being, you can't be friends with the guy or, or be like, Oh, good job. Like you have to, you just have to skate, skate to the penalty box and not, and not really say, not really say much because if you start, if you start like buddy and budding or like good job or bum taps, it's just, it's, it's not, it's, you won't, you won't, you can't, you can't put that fear into the other player. Right. Well, you're trying to establish dominance, right? And it's like, Exactly. Yeah, like I remember reading a couple times, and it was like, yeah, it was like Twist and them would be talking, and it's like, yeah, and they're like, I want to beat this guy so bad that he never gets the idea of ever wanting to do this again with me. He'll he doesn't yeah. he'll never want to fight me again. That was the whole point, right? I don't know, and it seems, I mean, I've gone on and on on this show and whatever. That sort of seems to be lost a lot on people now with these fights, and it was like. I was noticing this last night when I was watching your fights, and I'm not just blowing smoke because I got you on here now, but and I think I talked to you about this when we were in Edmonton, but it was like, yeah, you have, like, and some guys still do, but but you have, like, a legitimate mean streak, which is, like, rare now. It is. It's rare. Yeah, I just, I think, I just think, too, like, I've always, that's kind of just the always kind of the way I've approached I've approached fights is like, yeah, like you said, the whole dominance thing, if you can dominate, if you can dominate that, that, that person and get them good and beat them up good. And then throughout the game, it, uh, it helps. I think it helps the, well, it, it puts like more intimidation in and, and then it helps, it helps you guys, you guys win. And then, um, but when you're doing the buddy, buddy thing, it uh, it doesn't, it depletes the whole concept. It's like, well, you don't want to be, 
you can't be you can't be friends with someone you're you're fighting. You wanna you wanna you wanna beat the guy really bad so that he doesn't he doesn't come near you and, and you know you kind of have that free range free range to do what you want to do out there. Well, yeah, and it just opens up so much more for you. Could you tell as you went on through the, the years in the Western League and establish yourself more and more as like a top fighter that you were starting to get more room? Like, were you intimidating guys? Could you feel it? Could you tell? Yes, I think so. I could, I could work on my. It did help me make plays better. I've never really been much of a point guy, so I just think it did really help me, like uh, create more room for me, so I could I could skate it more, and you know I could make the odd move or whatever. I could get shots on from the point point more. So it, I think it did really really helped me in that in terms of that so just working on my and then I could work on my skill more in the games and yeah it did it did help me make a better first pass out well yeah well we'll get to LA camp here in a sec but I was just some more before we leave kind of the western league here but um I I forgot to ask you when we were talking about your first fights and kind of the next year with the third you know you the next year when you had the the, the 13 fights and, you know, you kind of got more into it. When did, I, I asked this with a lot of guys, when did the fighting become, like they always talk, and maybe it was different for you, but I'm just going by with what others have told me. When the first couple times that they fight, everything's just a blur and you're kind of spazzing out and swing and you're not breathing and you're not thinking, you're just swinging. When did, we're right away, or when did it become, when did everything slow down for you? And you could start sort of thinking about what you're doing and you're in the moment and you know what you want to do. Did that ever happen? Or are you still spazzing out? Or, you know what I mean? When did it become, I don't want to say easier because fighting is never easier, but I mean, when did it become much more you know, controlled? Yeah. I, you know what? I think after a couple fights, my, my, would have been my, my first full year in the dub, I kind of started to figure out my own style, which where I could still throw because I just like to go in and throw where I could just go in and throw and then protect myself too. And then as I kept fighting more, I kind of just developed the kind of my own style where I can throw and protect myself and protect myself pretty good with my, with, with my head movements and I can still throw as much as I want. But yeah, I think there's, there's still like times where like I still like I still I do still throw wild but at the same time it's it's developed into like my style where I can where I can do that and still and still uh and still be successful in the fights even though even though I still swing wild it's kind of that's kind of just my my, st- my always been my style but it, and it's got I got more comfortable with it as I as I've gone into more yeah, like in the fight, are you thinking through it though? Like, what? I, like, are you a video guy? Like ahead of time, did you watch a lot of video on the guys you might be fighting and stuff, or did you just wing it? Uh, honestly, no, not too much. I would sometimes watch, watch, but like, I really don't like overthink things with fighting. I mean, just when I go into the fight, I just I really don't overthink things because like the moment you start overthinking things is when you're gonna fucking fuck up so i i sometimes did just to see what guys you know how guys would grab and stuff but sometimes but normally normally no i would i would just i go in there and just and just wing it because to me like 
when you start like and i and i've had like you know people try like guys who've given me tips and stuff and and you know i kind of, and like i do kind of take some of it into consideration but at the same time um you know it, i think it causes a lot of uh overthinking like when people are like oh you got to grab here then you got to do this and then this and then you got to switch to this like my whole thing just going into it is i just like to just just grab on and then and then just kind of put your uh kind of put your head up kind of into your shoulder and you can still see the guy and your head's fully up and then just throw as, as hard as you can and don't stop until it's over and then and, and for me even with guys I've had a couple people in the past ask me like for tips and I literally just tell them the same thing. I say, don't even think about it. Just, just go in there and grab the guy and try to knock his fucking head off. That's all I tell them because if you start getting into like, I feel like if I start getting into like, Oh, you got to grab here, it's going to fuck them up. So if they can, they can just go in there and throw his for, for their first few fights and then they can develop their own style, whatever they like, then that's kind of the way I see it. Yeah, see, that's that's an interesting approach because, I mean, and I've had other guys on that they'll really dissect it. Like, they did a lot of thinking about it. They did a lot of work with it and where to grab and everything else. And then other guys like yourself are like, nah, let's just go for it. And, yeah, so it's interesting. Everybody's, like you said, different styles, right? Styles make fights, so everyone's a little different. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like you said, I've always been fascinated just with the science of fighting and just talking to different guys about it. So that's an interesting approach on your part. But a um, couple more questions. I just have to, I always ask guys that I've always just kind of interested in this part of it. But um, did you like the, did you like squaring off with a guy or kind of like, you know, hitting the corner and just get at it right away? Or were you a square off guy? Oh, I like both. I mean, I didn't really, for me, it didn't matter if it was a square off or, you know, after a hit, and it was, or if it was close and tight, I, I'm, I was always okay with both. Like both is, has always been fine for me. Um, I wouldn't, I would I don't have a like, I wouldn't really pick in particular which one would be my favorite. But yeah, any whether it's a square off, a short square off, uh, you know, someone if someone comes in and just grabs you or just try, or grabs you, you don't have your gloves off, so you have to throw your gloves off, anything like that is, I'm, I'm fine, I really don't care, so I just, it just, yeah, I'm, I don't have a favorite in terms of that. Well, the next, well, the next question, because like I said, this, this question's actually been answered different from, from, from a bunch of guys, but when you're squaring off with the guy, do, do, do you care? Do you want, do you want to, do you want them to come to you, or do you like going at them first? How do you like to do it? I know because when you're squaring off, you know there's that line, right? The imaginary line in the sand, and it's like who's going to cross it first? Do you want to be the aggressor, or do you want them to come to you? Uh, or do you even always, think about? You it? always want to be the. Yeah, actually, I don't really think about that one too much. Um, I but, but usually, um, when you are squaring up, you do want to be the aggressor. You want to get the first punch in. Or, and it's with bigger, if you're fighting like six foot six guys, six foot seven guys, um, you, you really want to be the aggressor and it's hard. It's, it's super hard to get a first punching because they're length. But when you're squaring up, you do want to be the aggressor. And right when you grab, you just want to start punching, whether he gets the first one or not, you just, you just start, start punching because you mainly want to be the aggressor going into it. That's how, I think that's kind of how the fight the way you start is kind of how it's, how it's going to end. If you, if you, if you start kind of going 
well at the beginning, that's you know, you most of the times you'll have a good outcome, I think. Yeah, see, that's interesting. I always, I always enjoy answering, asking that question because it's always, I'm always fascinated by the answers because I've had guys, they want the guy to come to them because they like counter punching, you know, which was an odd response because I always yeah. thought, yeah, you'd want to like go at him, like get at it right now, right? You want to be the, like you said, be the yeah. aggressor. Other guys, yeah, that I've talked yeah. to, like Dean Mayrad and stuff, they, they, you know, they kind of wanted them to come, you know, and so it's, it's an interesting approach how everybody just, how, like you said, styles, right? Yeah. Everybody has their own way of looking at it. Um, yeah. Well, one thing I didn't ask you actually when we were when you were kind of like you're growing up and you know you're you kind of into the fights and all that stuff. Were you? Uh, well, of course, you know. Again, with your age being so young, um, obviously you grew up with YouTube, right? Again, we didn't. I we didn't have yeah. such things back in my day, but uh, we were still VHS guys. <laughs> You know, you probably yeah. never even had a VHS yeah. tape in your hand. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Nope. <laughs> but, um, yeah. well, were, were you a big, like, fight, like, who are some of your, did you ever emulate any fighters or anything? Like, who who are your favorite enforcers? I know we're going completely off script here, but who are your favorite guys to watch fight? Cade McNeely is putting on YouTube. Who are you watching? Well, I like, I obviously like Probert. I liked uh, I liked McGill uh, Gates's fights. I really liked, and then like Twist and Kosher. Um, I really liked McGill just because he's a defenseman, and then I really liked Chris Pronger too. He was kind of more that mid two thousand, so I got to see him. Yep. So he uh, he was always uh, I really liked the way he played, but McGill was always pretty good. I liked the way I really liked the way he played and stuff. So um, and Pronger was obviously awesome to watch too. He was super big and physical and and uh, whatnot. So I really liked. I enjoyed watching him. I remember watching him even when I was just like young, younger and stuff a little bit. So when he was still playing, but um, Miguel, Miguel was obviously really good too. Well, there, um, and just being as a different. Well, I was gonna say there you go. If if you if somebody had told if you had said guess, I could tell you Bob McGill. I wouldn't have got that in 200 guesses, I don't think, that you would have said Bob McGill. But look at that. I'm impressed. That's some. You were laying down some old school guys. I thought you'd start hitting me with, like, McGratton and all these, like, you know, all, Dorsett and all these, like, new age guys. Here you're dropping Bob McGill on me I, and, and Joey Koser. I love it. Tremendous. There's hope for the future yet, folks. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I really, I really liked Miguel. He was, I really liked the way he, he played and stuff. He was, he was, he was pretty, uh, he was pretty good. I like Peluso. I like Peluso too. You know what? That's the thing. A lot of people shit on Peluso. I always liked Peluso. Now I know he had the shitty balance yeah. and it looked like he was on roller skates all the time. But I mean, oh man, dude would just throw like wild lefts. The hair is flying. I was down with Peluso. I liked him. You know. Yeah. I yeah. really liked him too. Did you ever? Did you ever watch Rocky Thompson? Yes, I did watch Rocky Thompson. Yeah, he was really good too. Well, I was going to say because you were, it's funny when you were really telling did. me about going to the Oil Kings games. Of course, he was the assistant coach there for a while. So, yeah, he would. Yeah, he would have been the assistant coach I, in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. When I was well, when we were younger, like when I was younger and. Or when I was in like novice or whatever, we would have got tickets. So he was probably he was probably the assistant coach at the time. I went and watched a couple of times. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, I, again, I, I keep forgetting how young you are. That's right. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you weren't even born when he was playing in the dub. Yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's um, that's funny. But um, yeah, Bob McGill. Yeah, Big Daddy McGill, man. Yeah, I was a big Bob McGill fan too. Oh, you uh, you cracked me yeah. up when you, you you cracked me up when you threw up Bob McGill. I was like, oh, is this guy serious right now? Well, that's tr- that, tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. I'm gonna have to hit you up with yeah. some old school DVDs. Yeah. I'll have to send them to you. Yeah, but. I'm yeah. gonna have to, I'll have to send some. I'll have to send some DVDs of uh, of Uncle Brett fighting. I got a few of his in Fredericton and stuff. I'll have to hook yeah. you up. Yeah, that'd be cool too. But um, uh, yeah, he didn't fight often, but when he did, he wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But uh, now nah, I'm completely yeah, wrong. He was, he was pretty. He was pretty. He, he fought. He, yeah, he fought. He wasn't bad. He was. He was bigger, but he. Uh, he uh, he got he got quite a bit of points too, I think. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, if he had to, he st- he still would at times, which was good, I guess. He was so. a real high pick. I mean, it was. Um, I always say, and I've I've always said this, and it was weird back in that day. Especially the Montreal Canadiens had a thing of drafting like tough Western guys. They would draft like they draft yeah. you know Terry Ryan, your uncle. Turner Stevenson. There's another big dude in Seattle. Yeah, you know, and they would just like screw him over. They'd like never play him, and it was like they'd sit him in the minors. It's like, what did you take the Brad Brown? Yeah. There's another guy, Brad Brown. Yeah. That, you know, and I used to hate it when Montreal would take these guys. I'm like, no, let any other team take them, not Montreal. Yeah. They're, they're not going to use them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did your uncle exactly. ever talk? Did you? I mean, why well, we we won't expose dirty laundry if it's too much. But did he ever talk to you about that? Like, did he ever bitch about Montreal taking them or? Yeah, I just think like, I just think yeah, like you said, they were kind of they kind of bury like they at the time. I think they kind of didn't give their prospects like enough sh- like chances. I think that was kind of that was kind of what, what was happening too. And I think my uncle too. He uh, he just kind of he was he was super big. I just think they wanted his skating to get better and stuff. So, but yeah, they kind of they kind of didn't really give their prospects. I think at times a chance to show, but. I mean, I guess it is what it is, right? Well, it's always like one of those things too, especially probably maybe more so back then. Um, well, even at, even now, but there's you have that window, right? When all of a sudden you go from a prospect yeah. to all of a sudden you know you're 25 or 26, now you're now you're just a suspect, right? They, they, you're, you're you get that label yeah. of like career minor leaguer put on you, and and that's it. It doesn't matter yeah. how good, how good you play, you're never getting out of the American League, you know. And I mean, now it's even yeah. harder because the veteran rules and all that stuff. I mean, you know, guys are pretty much either done at, in their late twenties or they're in Europe, or you know. But yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, because you're, I you know, Brett there, you know, with the American League at Fredericton, and then of course he was in the East Coast League and all that stuff. But but anyway, enough yeah. of that. We gotta we'll get back to LA here. So you have you play in the rookie camp. Um, how was that initially going to the rookie camp? You know, you're there with kind of, you know, you're a free agent, you know, but you're there with like the big, the draft picks and all that stuff. How, what was the, uh, what was just, what was the vibe like? And, and, and what was the, what was it like getting out there and playing in those games? Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Obviously I wasn't, I, I haven't been around something like that before. So it was, it was really cool. But at the same time, I, I kind of just thought, like, uh, I just knew what I had 
kind of had to do and just always played the same way that I did and, and it did help me and yeah I ended up doing pretty good in rookie camp so but yeah it was definitely cool seeing what just like the obviously what the NHL is like and stuff I really I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the rookie camp it was it was pretty cool I, I just and I made sure like I just played my played my game and stuff and uh didn't really you know I didn't really think about the future at all too much kind of kind of just went out there and did what I had to do and uh yeah but, but it was all in all pretty cool well I mean you obviously had a successful rookie camp because they bring you to main camp and um you ended up playing two preseason games correct was it two preseason games it was just the one or was it the it one against the one, Arizona yeah. okay um yeah well what, well what was camp like like you're there with Dowdy and Kopitar and like you know, I'm sure all these guys that you played on Xbox, now all of a sudden you're sitting in a locker room with them. I mean, what uh, what was that like? Yeah, it was definitely, it was really cool. Um, practicing, like, we got, we got obviously got to practice with them and stuff during the sessions, and it was it was pretty cool because, like, obviously, like, you watch them when you're younger or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely cool. It was, it, uh, it was, it was, it uh, was, for me, like when I went on the ice with them and stuff, I, um, uh, I, I could, I could keep pace pretty good because my, well, my skiing's always been pretty decent. But yeah, it was, it was cool to see them, to see them out there and stuff, and just like obviously in the room and stuff like that. So I really, it was really a cool uh, experience. I say, was everybody pretty cool? Did they, they, they kind of just. You know, to the veteran guys, kind of just, yeah, whatever. You're just these young kids. They kind of just sort of just didn't pay any attention to you, or were they pretty cool? Like, were they, did they kind of, been, you know, were they involved in the conversation, involved in the conversation, or did you just sort of sit over in the corner and, you know, mouth shut and eyes open kind of thing? Yeah, to be honest, like, at times they were. Like, they were good. Like, you could talk to them. But the other times, like, you know, you just, you're, it's your first year there, so you, you know, for me, I didn't really expect, I didn't really expect anything from anyone. So I, most of the times I kind of just kept quiet and, and made sure I did what I had to do and, and just, and, uh, yeah, I just kind of took it obviously seriously. And like, I didn't really, I'm not too big on making like friends and stuff, friends and stuff with those, in those types of situations. So, but yeah, like if one of them wanted to talk or whatever, like if one of them talked, whatever, then, you know, you talk to them for a bit, but it's not like, uh, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not like, to be honest, not there for like the country club atmosphere. I don't really like that. Right. So I'm like, if obviously like I'll be nice to everyone and stuff, but at the same time, you can't, you can't treat it like a, like a country club and, you know, have all these friends. Right. So, but yeah, that's kind of the way it went. Well, I mean, like you said, right at the end of the day, it's a job. And this is business, and it's about money yeah. and about playing. And it's like, yeah, it's you know, we'll be friends later. But I'm playing for a contract yeah. right now. Yeah, like you said, it's a, you know, it's a big deal now. But to play that, uh, yeah, you know, you played Arizona in the in the preseason, and uh, well, what was it like slapping on that LA King jersey and you're playing in an NHL pre? Yeah, I mean, it's the preseason, but still, it's an NHL game, man. That's that's got to be quite the rush. That's got to be something. Yeah, that was really that was really cool. I really I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, it was obviously like you played in, like it was in an NHL rink and stuff. So, you know, I and 
I knew that, you know, going into it, um, you know, it was, it was an NHL game. So I just made sure that, uh, to leave it just all out on the table, right? There was, I had nothing to lose. So kind of just went out there, kind of just did, did my thing just focused on getting the puck up. You know, I don't really, I don't try and ever be too fancy. So got the, just worked, made sure I, my main focus was getting the puck up and, you know, hitting and stuff and just playing, just playing my game. That's all I had to, that's all I tried to worry about and then like really nothing else. And so, yeah, but it was, it was, it was really cool. It was a cool ex- experience getting the, getting some taste of that. So. Was Castle playing? Castle wasn't playing that game. No, no. I was going to say, did you take it to get a piece of fill the thrill? But, uh, well, you did get a piece <laughs> of Andrew Ladd. You got into one with him. How'd that go? Cause there's no video yeah. of that. How'd it go? Yeah, no, it went it went good. It started in the started in the corner. I think I I hit him. He uh, gave me a slash, and then I I two-handed him back in the midsection. And then before I knew it, the gloves were off. We just grabbed each other, and the fight didn't last. The, the linesman got in pretty quick. And then, uh, yeah, I caught him with a couple good ones. Um, and then the red the the linesman came in. They broke it, they broke it up or whatever, and then we just went back to the, or well, just get it back to the penalty box, and that was it. How how was um so when the game's down and you know obviously you know you're going back to junior and stuff. What was the uh, sort of like the exit interview? What was their thoughts to you? Like did uh, what what was what was the impression that they gave you? Yeah, they were they were happy with my play. I mean, they uh, they were super happy. They were. They just said go back and stuff, and you know keep working on your skills. And we, uh, no, it was like you you did great. You had a great you had a great camp. Like did what you had to do and stuff. Kind of just asked me like, uh, well, they obviously asked me where I was from and stuff. But yeah, but all in all, they were they were happy with the way I did. And uh, I guess there was a reason why they kept me for longer is because I I was doing good and I. I just played my, I went out there and just did what, like, kind of just played my game. So they were all, they were pretty happy and positive about it. So, well, I was going to say, you had to have played well. Cause, I mean, I've had guys in this show that, I mean, they played a long time in the minors and they never got, they, you know, and they went to a bunch of camps and they never got a preseason game. So the fact that you got one right yeah. out of the gate is pretty, uh, <clears throat> as an undrafted guy, that's, that's pretty impressive. So obviously you must have had a strong camp. Um, well, it was funny when we were talking at Edmonton there, when we were sitting in the bar talking, um, you yeah. had mentioned, you had mentioned to me that you were actually really surprised, like kind of just, uh, with the workouts and stuff. Like they were kind of, there was a whole new level of shit there that you, you had never done before. It was kind of eye opening. You were saying, Oh, no, like, like to be honest, I in my like, even in junior never really worked. Like I worked out, but it was all it was kind of all on my own. Like I would just do like, I don't know, bench press and like curls and stuff, but I never really got, never really hit the gym too much. Like before I was kind of, yeah, I just, so just going to that. And then it was so, it was very, very, it was very technical. Like the, like the stuff they, they had there was crazy. Like the, like the testing they do and stuff. I'd never, I've never really seen it. I couldn't really, I couldn't really do it. I couldn't do it that good because I never really, I never really, 
done it before. Like, and I know like a lot of players, that's, that's what they do. Right. So the work, like with the whole working out thing, I wasn't, I wasn't good at all. Like very, very strong at it just cause just for me, I was never, I was never really brought up with, uh, you know, with those types of workouts. I was kind of just with the workouts. It was pretty, just pretty, just simple with me. So like, uh, it was a pretty big eye opener to see like, all that, all that shit they were doing because even just the warm ups and stuff. And I'm so bad at flexibility, so I could barely, sh- I could, I couldn't stretch very good. So the stretches they were do were pretty, were pretty complex. And then um, just with the weightlifting and stuff and like the whole testing, there's there's so many things. It's all this analytic, this analytical stuff. And and actually, while this is the first year, even this year that I started training with, uh, with an actual like trainer with, like with hockey training. So, and it took me when I first went there, which was in May, it's in Edmonton. Um, I had no idea like what really, what, like I kind of knew what to expect, but I didn't because it's so like the workouts they have like analytics, you got to wear this this thing on your arm when you lift and, test everything and for me it took me about three weeks to figure it out on my phone on how to set it up like where I kind of got into the rhythm because I never I never really trained trained that much because just because like the way I don't know like the training the training cost cost a lot of money and and stuff back then and so I kind of I kind of just worked out on my own I didn't really have the the like the money and stuff to kind of train at that point but now that it's kind of getting serious. It's something that I had to do. So I just, uh, I just had to do it. But yeah, it took me a while, a long time, three weeks to figure out the the whole concept of it. But now it's going pretty, pretty smooth. You better tell the uncle, the bee farmer, you need a raise, man. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, was, uh, was Jake Doty at LA camp with you? Yeah, he was. Did you guys have a run in a camp? Did you go for yeah, go for a shot? They uh they actually during so during the main camp scrimmages they had certain groups. So they didn't have they had him in a group where I never got to play against him and and stuff. So they had me like cuz like they had the younger guys in like this practice group at main camp. So we didn't even play a scrimmage. It was weird how they did it and then they they told me straight up like and I listened and they told me straight up that they didn't they 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 told me to save the fighting for preseason yeah. in main camp. Did did, did uh, so did, that's what they told me. Well, Doty's an old T bird guy. Did he did he talk to you at all while you were there? Yeah, I I chatted with him a bit. Yeah, about how he played on Seattle and stuff, and we we just we talked about that type of stuff. Seems like a pretty cool dude. He was a he was a bad dude, man. Yeah, he's a t- he's a tough dude. He yeah. Had, yeah, he had some he had some really good tilts in Seattle back in the day. He had a hell of a year in the American League oh, this yeah. year. He looked really good. Yeah, he did. He yeah, he's pretty he's a pretty good fighter. I like the way he plays. Yeah. Well, <coughs> pardon me. So, um, well, you, so you come back from LA, and uh, of course you're in Vancouver, and. Um, well, and like I said, we, we talked about this before and you can say as, you know, as much or as little as you want. Unfortunately, uh, there was, you know, an incident, uh, I'll let you throw it out there, how, whatever you want to say. 
Yeah, just yeah. So I I ended up playing one game with Vancouver. Uh, just had a off ice incident earlier that happened. Just just a drinking incident at the bar. So I had to I kind of had to clean up a bit. So I so I was off the team or whatever. So I went. Uh, I took it. I had to. I I wasn't. I couldn't find a place to play. Obviously, anywhere. So I wasn't playing hockey from uh, from like October thirty first. It was to like. January 10th so during that that time period I kind of just had to clean up my act a bit because I was I was uh I was kind of off the I was I was definitely off the rails so um just yeah I had to clean everything up and then uh I just I've I found out that booze me and booze we don't we don't go good together so I had to, I just I quit doing that and then I got a call in January uh, it was before the deadline from uh, from Vern. It was kind of a shit show because I I went to Drayton Valley. I was kind of going all over, to, like I was kind of going to different skates and stuff. But I ended, I ended up in Drayton Valley for like four days and practiced with them for like four days. Well, then I then I found out because I think Drayton Valley wanted me to play for them, but then they got a call I think from the West Western League because I was supposed to go back, but they uh the western league wouldn't they wouldn't allow me back in the league anymore so and then they had to sign some papers for me to go down to to junior a or whatever but they weren't they they couldn't they didn't sign them for some reason yet so i left drayton valley after four days and got a call from vernon and said that do you want to come play here and like you can come play here and stuff i was like oh yeah that sounds good they have to figure out this shit because I was originally, like I said before, I was originally supposed to go back to Vancouver, but Western League didn't allow me to. So I, uh, yeah, just went down to Vernon. They got all the papers, papers signed to uh, to allow me to play, and I was able. I was uh, I was able to play there. Well, and then for the folks wondering, Ver, you know, Vernon Vipers, uh, you know, pretty well legendary team in the BC Junior League and uh, Junior A League yeah. in BC. Uh, probably one of, if not the most, one of the strongest and storied uh, and highly thought of junior A leagues in Canada, in BC, out in BC. Yeah. Um, what was it like playing with the Vipers, and uh, what, what what was your overall feeling? I mean, I know a lot's changed in BC since I've been watching it, but what was your overall feeling about the BC league? Yeah. So when I like when I first got there, um, I was super. Uh, like I was super out of shape and stuff. So when I first got there, I I skated. I didn't play the first two games just because I wasn't on the ice for a while, and I was super fucking out of shape. And I just remember the first time when I the, the first day I got there, uh, Jason McKee, my the head coach, he's like, "You're going on the ice." I'm like, "Okay." So I uh, I went on the ice with the assistant coach and did a couple of drills, and holy fuck, I was so tired. I I, uh, we did a couple like defensive drills and uh, I was super fucking, I was so out of shape. So I just knew that it was going to be fucking, I was going to be tired every day, you know, trying to get back in shape, but they worked with me to, uh, to get back in the shape. They, I got, I, they skated me pretty good every day and then I did some workouts and stuff, but it was more just like skating conditioning wise. And I, uh, so I ended up, I played the, when I, I missed two games just because to get me back into shape, and I played the third one. I got kicked. I got well. The first, 
the first incident that happened was I I got into it with one of the the my first it was like my first or second shift in my first game back I got into it with one of the linesmen that was a woman and she and I got I got a ten minute and then after I only played I only played like three shifts because I got the ten minute in the first or whatever. And I wasn't playing much because, like, they already had their guys or whatever. So then it was the second, and then I got the 10-minute. I only played, like, two shifts in the first period, and then I got the 10-minute. And then in the second period, uh, I hit I hit, a, I hit a guy open ice, and I got suspended. So I think I got, like, three games. And then, she, you know, got more into shape and then came back and then played, uh, played, a, couple more, played a couple more games. It was... Uh, and then kind of just kept as I as the as the months kind of went on or weeks went on I started to get more into shape so I still wasn't in great shape throughout the whole process but it it got better and then uh yeah we actually went on a, like when I came when I first came there uh with like the team was losing really bad and then we started to we all started to pick it up they traded like they they got me in, and they got uh, two other guys. One guy from the Western League, uh, um, and then another guy who was in from the USHL. So they got the three of us, and then we started. We we went on a really good winning streak, nine to ten games. We all we all started to play uh, super good, which was nice to see. And then, uh, yeah, we lost. I think it was to uh, to Penticton that ended our winning streak. But we were in a we got we got into playoffs we got into a playoff spot obviously and then uh, yeah so I was there from January to uh, what was it would have been the end of uh, would have been the end of March into playoffs because we got beat in the first round but yeah that's kind of how the whole year kind of folded out. What was the what was kind of the biggest differences from the BC League to the Western League? Oh, there were so many rules. I didn't really know many. Like, I knew some of the rules, but I wasn't really too fond about them all. Like, I don't know. It was really hard for me to adapt. Very, very hard. I really had to watch. Like, you know, I just think uh, you just had to be careful with hits and stuff. That was probably the biggest thing. They, 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 they. There's a three or no. You, you. If you fight and then you fight again, you get suspended. So you can only have one fight. They give you one fight the whole year. You can't take off your chin strap. You can't do anything. Um, so yeah, and they're really fond on hits. Like if you if you hit a guy and you catch him in the head, you automatically get a ten minute. Uh, you can't really say anything. Uh, if you say anything, that's like I don't know. I guess on the line, but w- really, what is on the line? You you'll get kicked out because that's what happened to me on playoffs. I said something that I probably shouldn't have, and I got kicked out. And then with a hit to the heads too, those kind of accumulated over time. And then, yeah, so it was it was it was very hard for me. It was very hard. It was it was, I, but at the same time, it was good for me because I I could work on my game, which I've really been trying to do. So, but it was at the same time, it was very hard for me to adapt. Well, I was gonna say when it's one fight, you had to be pretty tough to find a fight at that point. Yes, it was very hard for me to find a fight. Yeah. The, I was gonna say the the, whole, the, the fight you did have was a good one though. Yeah, I was happy to have that one. So it was, I was really happy to get one, um, to get to get one. Obviously that year, 
so but yeah it was it was it was fine it was it was it was good because he was obviously a lot bigger than me but i was happy that i got that yeah it's um well and for those that's the one thing with the junior a league and especially out in bc um for the listeners that maybe don't know it's a real scholarship driven league and the guys that are in that league are really trying to obviously go on to college hockey and stuff so I think a lot of times junior A used to be called jungle A back in the day. It used to be crazy, but now, like you said, with all the rule changes and everything, they're really adapting basically to go almost to college hockey. I can see junior A basically going to full cages here in a couple of years for sure. And I think they want to do the NCAA kind of thing. So yeah. I could see coming yeah. from the Western league where there is no fight rule or anything for you to come down to the BC league. Yeah. That would have been a hell of an adjustment. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, obviously, I try my best to adjust, adjust well and uh, um, don't really look back too much on it. But, yeah, it was the adjustment, like, just adjusting to that was was uh, was was really uh, was quite difficult for me. But I managed to make it to make it through and stuff. So which was which was good for me. Okay, too bad you weren't there in 1998. You would have loved it. Been wide open. Oh, I'll tell you, <laughs> Jungle A, you would have fit right in. Yeah, but uh, well, so that wraps up your junior career. So what uh, what what are you looking at for this fall here? What what's going to happen? Where are we going to see you? You got any feelers well, out there? What's happening? Oh uh, yeah, so obviously there there is still some interest, but just with all the uh, the events that that. Uh, I guess transpired this year for me. It's uh, I still have to meet just with my agent and go over what the plan is because at this right now I don't know. I don't know what it what because I know there is still teams interest, but at this point I really don't know. So I still have to have a meeting with him just just because um, obviously just some uh, donkey decisions obviously caused uh, put me back a little bit, but. Uh, I think there is, there definitely is still a spot for me available if I can, if I could stay focused and, and, uh, uh, not be so, like, not be stupid like I was before. But I, there definitely is still some interest. So I'm just looking forward to that. Oh, shit. You're not the first guy. You'll be okay. Yeah. You're, you know, I, I don't think you're blazing any new trails. You're not doing anything new that guys haven't done, done before. You'll be okay. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it. Uh, my friend Alec there at the Fire for Fighting podcast, he uh, he kind of um, was was really centered around the East Coast League this year, and uh, and uh, so he kind of got me interested. I'll tell you, there's there's some cats over there for you in the East Coast League if you were to go over there that uh, they could keep you busy. You know, uh, Skiho and Travis Howe and uh, Newbauer and yeah. and and, and your, of course your buddy. Uh, uh, old Montana, there. He's over there. Um, you could, if you yeah. end up in the East Coast League, you could, uh, you could be busy. Yeah, I, I definitely do think the East Coast is more of a, is more of that style of game, right? So they, I think they like those, they they like that that type of style, which is which is still nice to see. I mean, um, yeah. So I think that's it's really good that the East Coast, you know, is kind of still like that because like it draws fans in and stuff too. No, absolutely, and uh, <clears throat> like you said, I guess there's a ten fight rule there still, but I mean, you know, um, you know, but uh, nonetheless, there's some tough dudes over there. I mean, obviously, the goal would be like 
you know, yeah, NHL American League, that type of thing. But, uh, you know, um, I, I was going to say that uh, there's there's still some guys around uh, uh, that, that'll, that uh, you know, answer the bell anyway. Yeah, no, you're right for sure. Some of the, you know, some of the older guys, I think, that have, that have been been through there. I know there's the East Coast or some older guys that are still that still are that still like to play like that, which is all that that's which is really nice to see. So but yeah, I know it's still and it's still the East Coast is still pretty good hockey too. Oh hell yeah. The second highest league in the world, right? So you know, I mean right yeah. the American League and then it's the NHL. I mean and there's been dudes that have made it from the yeah. East Coast League to the NHL for sure. So um yeah. Oh big Yeah, so I mean it's certainly you know, and you know, maybe you could hopefully at, at any rate, hopefully you can land somewhere warm, where at least you don't have to plug the vehicle in. You can go golfing on the off days. That'd be all right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, exactly. Well, because Alex sitting there yeah. going to Florida Everblades games, I I could think of worse places yeah. to play. You know. Yeah, or Orlando. Orlando would be nice too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah. well, that's. Well, okay, well, obviously that's, uh, you know, and it'll be interesting this fall, I'll be obviously following you, and of course the, the listeners out there, you know, you guys, I, hey, I know I always, I rant and rave that, that uh, you know, like I said, the, these young kids don't fight anymore, but Cade, you're definitely a throwback, and I know we've talked privately on Twitter, we go back and forth, and I know you got the old school spirit in you and stuff, I was, I think I was telling you one time, the problem, you were born a decade too late, but, uh, you know, you would have fit right in in the in the in the '90s. I think you would have enjoyed that. But uh, it's it's nice to see uh, an old school attitude that you have uh, playing in today's game. It's sort of uh, it's a rarity these days. But uh, so we'll definitely be uh, keeping tabs on you this this fall. But uh, but I know I've taken a lot of your time, so I won't. Uh, but before you go, of course, as I we said at the top of the show, I ran into you at of course Ice Wars. This past in Edmonton, yeah. and uh, you and I took that in. Um, well, and initially, I don't know if the people know this or not. Well, they probably don't know this because I never said anything on my Twitter. But you were supposed to be in Ice Wars, but I think your agent talked you out of yeah. it. Um, how keyed up were you? You were pretty gung ho for it. Yes, I was really looking forward to going it, but I just think uh, just with my future, like with my future, and how, like just hockey like pro hockey we he like we kind of both mutually agreed that well, he wanted me to focus on hockey because it, it was it, it is up to him I, I sometimes i know like the decisions i make are are usually not the best so i knew i had to ask him so when i asked him he said he just said no ice wars focus on pro hockey and i said i said okay so but i think for me honestly after my career it's it's, def- it's definitely something that i will go on because after retirement because after you retire right no one can really steer you in any direction so but no i i just think you know he by him saying that is was probably the like like for him was probably and for me it was probably the best thing just because of the way everything has gone this year so I got really nothing like bad to say against it. Obviously, if I if I could go in, and I would, but just because you know I'm not retired, I'm kind of still playing. Just kind of just the way it went, but definitely something after I retire. Well, I, I didn't ask you when we were there. What when you had talked to AJ or whoever you talked to about the event? 
was it always going to be just the, the one fight, or were you going to be in the tournament? Actually, that's that's a good question. I really don't know because when I finally when I find when I find, I texted one of the coordinators, Lindsay Baldwin, and she uh, she uh, she gave me AJ's number, and he uh, he had something lined up for me. So I actually don't know if it was the tournament or the or just uh, the one fight. I, I that's one thing I didn't know because I because uh, at that time I didn't know how the whole format was was. They still didn't have like the whole format and the fights lined up. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was going to be the tournament or just a single fight. Yeah. Well, of course, like you said, you and I took that in. And uh, <laughs> what was your impression of Ice Wars? And what did you think of it? Oh, I fucking loved it. I thought it was it was super entertaining. Yep. Um, well, I, was, I came with, with my girlfriend. I was actually surprised she she wanted to come, but um, she did. And she really, she really liked it, too. I mean, I fucking loved it. It was... I don't think I've been that entertained for a very long time. I like I, I don't know. It was just it was, it was it was just super, super entertaining to me. I really, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed watching that. It was a it was a fun night, definitely to be able to witness to witness that for sure. Yeah. What well, was um yeah well and I I was I was telling the guys like as the event was going on I was sitting there texting people and whatever because of course they were watching it on pay per view at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it was pretty uh, like it was pretty electric in the crowd though. Like people were into it. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. Like like I said before, as the as the fights went on, I think people were kind of like shocked at the idea at the idea of it. And then as it went on, everyone started to get into it, and yeah, and then the, and then the venue started to, the venue started to fill up more. And I think and then everyone started everyone just started to love it. Because I, I noticed that, like, obviously people coming in as the fights were going on. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, and I might be a little biased here, folks, but from, be, from me being in the crowd, at least where I was sitting, um, everything was, it was pretty, like, people were into it, but I think it was Swanson's fight. That was the first fight when he fought uh, LaFrance there, and they started really going yeah. toe-to-toe and hammering each other. That's when the all of a sudden yeah. everybody started really getting into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. That's when it's the venue started to get to get louder, and I think just with you know everyone getting a few drinks in them kind of helped a bit, probably too. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. But no, as as the tournament started, then it really started to get going, and everyone then it really started to uh, the fights were fights were awesome, and then um, yeah, the crowd was getting louder and louder as the night went on. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, folks. I, I I walk in to the event, and uh, what I as soon as I turn left, oh, there's Cade getting interviewed. Hollywood's already getting the microphone shoved in his face. He's been in the building for two minutes. You're a popular dude, there, man. All of a sudden, I was like, holy! That's what I said to the girlfriend. I said, look at this guy. Holy! I, well, I don't know if you talked to us after such a big deal, but uh, I'm I'm going to tell you right now. We were talking about this off air. I think you and I, we should be giving Graf shit, Chris, for pulling the shoot on us. Yeah. We got that's that was a week. That was weak, man. Graffer, oh, I tell you, a little disappointed. Yes, I, I kind of I want a Graffer to stay and watch, watch with us. Yeah, well, I had, I had seen I hadn't good. seen Graf for a while. He threw me off with the stash. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I was ho- and where was Lego? Yeah. I was hoping Lego was going to be there too. Lego is in Canmore. Yeah, thought he'd be at this thing. Yeah, I think I was talking to him. I think I hope he. I think he wants to go in it. Like if it takes off, he might go in it. Why? Somebody, but Graffer was telling me he's he Lego's in like he's ready to rock and roll. Like he's in like game shape still. I heard. Yeah. Yeah, he is because I we're family friends with Lego with Sean, so I see him all the time. He's he's in pretty good. He's in really good shape. Yeah, well, I'm, I might have to use you as a contact. You need to talk him into coming on this podcast. I'm at, yes, because he would have some stories. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he, he. I was gonna say there's a, there's a guy he could show you a thing or two. Man, that guy. Oh, some of the wars oh, yeah. he got in. Oof. Oh yeah, he he definitely had some really good ones. He's he's a pretty big guy too, like yeah. super thick, thick yeah. like tall but and super thick wise too. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Yeah. It was funny because I ran into Morasti uh, in the in in the lobby when we were checking out the next day, and we were just we I talked to him for about fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, we just talked about the event and stuff, and um, I I had mentioned because of course at the end of this thing when Amesbury won. Morasti came out and challenged him. And I was asking John later, I'm like, you know, was that all bullshit or would you do it? And he's like, no, no, I'll really do it. And I kind of threw some names at him. And I said, um, when you're talking to AJ, I'm like, Sean Legault, man. Guy lives in the area. I've heard he's in really good shape. That dude can go. And I mean, Morasti knew, obviously knew who I was talking about. And he was just like, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so I might have inadvertently said Legault, sign him up. Maybe we'll have to get him in there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd I'd love to. That'd be awesome to see legs in that event for sure. I'd fucking love to see that. Yeah, it was an interesting event. Cool. Yeah, yeah, man, it was it was pretty cool to be a part of. I gotta say, and I was saying to you before we got going, it was uh, I, it 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 exceeded my expectations to be completely honest. I didn't think I thought it was just going to be a complete disaster, and it was actually way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, well, yeah, and, like, for me, like, I I didn't really know what to expect. Like, at first I thought, like I said, I told you before that I thought I was going to be on, like, real ice, but the synthetic ice. Yeah. And then when I saw it, when I heard, when I heard about that, I was like, oh, okay. But, and then um, as, I, as I started watching the fights, and it, it was super fucking entertaining. And so, like, it really, I re- like, like I said before, I didn't know what to expect. But when I got in there, then I was, I fucking loved it. And AJ did a really good, well, fucking AJ did a great job, like, great job with it and stuff, setting that all up, so. Yeah, no, it was great. I can tell you, like, from being part of the, you know, uh, I remember talking to guys going through the process of the first one of Prince George in 05 to, you know, to this one. I, you know, if somebody had told me that there's going to be a fight tournament in 2022, I would have said, you're nuts. So for it to even happen blew my mind, but. Well, I think we were talking yeah. about that when we were sitting there. Like, we couldn't believe it was happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was pretty, it was pretty, uh, like, pretty interesting what was happening. That's why I think at the beginning, like, some of the fans were like, what what the heck? And then they slowly got into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, right about the third or fourth fight in, and all of a sudden it became, like, yeah, then it just became the bloodthirsty crowd, and then they were into it for the rest of the night. And that final fight with Amesbury yeah. and Sawyer, like, that place was going apeshit for that final. Oh, yeah. 
big time. Yeah, they were that final that final fight was really loud in there for sure. Yeah, no, and the, and like I said, all the guys that were in it, uh, you know, they they went for it. The you know, all those guys went swinging. They, uh, yeah, I get full marks to everybody that took part in it too. So, yeah, no, it was it was a hell of a night. It was a fun night, I'll tell you. Yeah, no, yeah, all those guys that went in there, like, like credits to them. Like, fucking take some balls. Like, talk about some guys who decided to grab their balls and step into that step into that uh, synthetic ice octagon, right? So Yeah, you know, exactly. And, uh, no, it was, it was a hell of a night. But, uh, anyway, yeah. man, I probably kept you long enough. I know uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, I will say that was, a, you know, not only going to Ice Wars in Edmonton was fun, but it was fun catching up to you and uh, to see you there and to, to hang out for you, with you for, before the event and stuff and, and get to meet you. It was, it was great, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. I know we've talked about this for a while, so it was great to finally have you on. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It was great. No, I appreciate it, and uh, and look forward to this fall, seeing where you end up. And uh, I, I never thought I would say it, but you actually might have me paying attention to modern-day hockey. I will... <laughs> I will, uh, I'll be following your career with interest here. I will, uh, well, we'll definitely stay in touch when the season's on. I will, uh, but, uh, good luck to you, man. I, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, wherever you end up this year, uh, good luck to you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Excellent. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Darren. That was great. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 